Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big Sills! How you doing? Oh, boy. Today's the big day. It's Fireside Chop. With our favorite, Howie Roseman and Nicholas Sirianni. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Roasting marshmallows. Eating and drinking cocoa. And little wiener dogs. In front of all the media. The fireside chat. We'll, we'll learn probably nothing. Except it's a big kumbaya. How you doing? Uh, by the way, <laughs> let me start this off by saying thank you to all of you because our show is one of the absolutely most relevant shows in all of Philadelphia. We have Eagle people responding to the show. We have Eagle players responding. We have media people responding. We have people all over the city responding to the National Football Show and Big Sills. And the people we have to thank, you bet, Slagger, is you. Thank you. You're the people that made WIP and the Inquirer what it is. And now you're doing the same for us. I can't thank you enough. I cannot. Remember what you guys asked me yesterday? And I'm going to address Barrett Brooks's comment here in a minute. Do I think Barrett's going to take heat for that? Remember what I said? Yes. Probably going to get over 200,000 views. Well, it's approaching 500,000, half a million. Okay? And the Covey, who tweeted at my Twitter, at Dan Cilio Show, I suggest you go there. Maybe I will read a little bit of it to put everything in proper context. So I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. And according to some media folks in Philadelphia, paraphrasing, you know, again, I want to make one thing clear before I go on. This is not journalism. This show has nothing to do with journalism. Nothing. We're not journalists. We know a ton of people because I've been doing this for 30 years. We're not journalists. This is not journalism. Yes, I went to school, the University of Miami, for journalism. But this is not what I, I'm not a journalist. I've never been. Now, we'll take that back. I wrote for FoxSports.com one year. But outside of that, because I hated it, couldn't put an opinion on it. I am not a journalist. So when you come here, you get 100% opinion. This is like an op-ed show. Nothing to do with journalism. And some journalist out there, well, you know the paraphrasing and the, 
headlines. And by the way, I love my IT guy. Fantastic stuff. Okay? James, awesome. People get butt hurt. You know why? Because when you start to play in their sandbox, people get butt hurt. They pressure other people and other companies. Well, Jacob Sports is flexing their guns. That's what's happening. You agreed with Brooks. I did. So what? I'm not a journalist. And by the way, I agreed with Brooks. Don't say that Barrett Brooks is a liar. Just because Covey walked the comment back, maybe. You don't know if he didn't walk it back. You automatically assume that Barrett Brooks has no integrity. I do not do that. That's not fair to Barrett. Because somebody says something, you believe anything. You want to kind of stay in the middle of this until you see how this thing plays out. Okay? I also happen to have said, because Tone just said it too, I'd like to see a little more comments about this kid's leadership, Jalen Hurts. Now, to put everything in context here, at the end of my interview, you can go back and watch it too, by the way, I asked Barrett Brooks a question about some of the comments that are being made about Hertz's leadership. And Barrett said that he had heard and he had identified Britton Covey in a comment that he made and that he heard. Barrett's around the team all the time. Does a great job. I love the guy. I'm not going to sit here on this program and say that Barrett Brooks is lying because Britton Covey tried walking back something that he has to go into that locker room and face that guy on a daily basis. I'm going to leave it in the middle here. And so should you. Don't believe everything you hear. Didn't your father tell you that or your mother tell you that? Kind of take a little bit of what you get from both sides and kind of stay in the middle. Don't jump to conclusions on shit. By the way, if you guys want to act like that, or me, me, I have an opinion. My opinion will always be challenged. You see, the problem that you have in Philly is you have journalists pretending to be journalists, but they're really op-ed guys because they put opinions in it and make themselves part of the story. I'm not a journalist. And for the record, people are calling me a liar. I didn't say it. I can't help it. Tomorrow, Angelo Cataldi's on after your fireside chat. I mean, I can't help it. People come on this program and vent their opinions. And if I agree or disagree, what's it to you? That's why this is not a journalistic show. Okay. Well, Brayton Covey, he completely denied it. Okay, great. Do I believe it? A little bit, probably. Do I think Barrett Brooks is lying? No. I don't. Does Barrett Brooks come off to you as a liar? Does he come off to you as a liar? Because he doesn't to me. It doesn't to me. Hey, man, when you stand in the squared circle and you become a bullseye, 
Hey, Barrett, everyone, welcome to the club. Most people like to sit on the perimeter. I've never been over there. And remember, I didn't say it. How old all of this stuff, Hurts stuff, is coming out? Philly media is a joke. Just like stirring shit up. Articles bullshit, just my opinion. Fair enough, Joseph. You have a right to that opinion. You have a complete right to that opinion. But that was a shit show year this year. Your quarterback looked like a non-winner and a non-leader in that buck game. And quite frankly, all the way from Seattle on, he was a shitty leader. My opinion, too. As a matter of fact, that whole locker room was shitty leaders. From Seattle down. Everyone's accountable. Hey, once again, you choose what to believe. Remember something. This is an opinion show. Now let's listen to what Britton Covey said on my Twitter page. And I respect what he responded to. Now this is that Dan Cilio show. And he felt compelled to have to. Normally, I don't respond to things like this because I hope that people don't believe everything they hear or read. <laughs> Some of you should take that bit of advice from him. Jalen is the best leader I've been around. So you can hear it straight from me, not someone else. I never, and Bold print said he was unapproachable or I was scared of him. I truly don't get this narrative. Jalen's authentic is what makes him a great leader. He'll eat lunch with the lowest ranking guys on the team, make himself. He is a great friend and teammate. That's his response. What do I take of his response? Um, Sure went a long way to have to respond to something. To me, if something's not true, I don't respond. Unless I'm trying to make a narrative. His response tells me a little bit. It looks like a Nick Sirianni apology letter to go overboard to make sure a special teams guy is making it so, hey, he's a great leader. Okay. You give me more question marks. Then you give me answers with that. Sorry, dude. I've been doing this too long. I called your coach a cheerleader. I called your coach a bullshit artist. Now everybody's on that page. You know, when you over-explain something, always remember, when there's a ton of words being thrown into something, when the truth is there, you really don't have to explain yourself. Do you? So again, do I think he's lying? No. Do I think he's telling all the truth? No, because nobody in their right mind would say that Jalen Hurts was a great leader this year. Nobody. 
Then again, nobody was a good leader at all at the end of the year in that locker room. The collective 53. Let's have a watch party for press conferences, Sil. Want to see your live <laughs> impression of this shit conference. Joseph, funny. You mean the far side chat? Holy shit, is that thing going to be a kumbaya? Man, that thing's going to be right up most of the Philadelphia Inquirer and everyone else's skirts. That whole thing, man. Oh, man, there'll be a love fest. Hugging it out. Great questions. How you guys feeling? What's the direction of the team? All the dumbass questions will be asked and not the meaningful ones. By the way, I'm going to do this too because you know what? I heard a lot of people's questions. Well, I got a ton of different questions that I would ask these people flat out. And by the way, you know, you know, you know, what's you know, you know, what's different. Do, do you know what's different about my kind of questions? I'm so direct. It's aggravating and annoying. I get it. That's why some people don't like the way I have an approach to things. Okay. That's why some of you don't like it. Shit, you used to have a market where media people were asking direct questions. Okay? I mean, <laughs> you got to be blunt with these people. But you can't be because that's the way that market works now. And get this. You get a little butt hurt because somebody paraphrased something different. Because you're playing in their sandbox. James, you're playing in their sandbox. Jacob's playing in their sandbox. Look at him get a little bit aggravated. Going after Barrett. People now saying Barrett's lying. Barrett Brooks has not come off as a liar to me. And nor should he to you. That's an insult. The guy's a man of integrity. I'd put my reputation on the line for that man. And I completely think he's a respectable man who's trying to get ahead in this business. But remember something, Bear, because I know you're watching. You're going to have a ton of people that will try to drag you down. So don't be like Big Sills. Okay? Watch your back. That's one thing I couldn't do. So watch your back. Because they will tear you down. People who you think love you will tear you down. Just a bit of advice. If Cutney didn't respond, everyone would think it was true because nobody spoke up and defended him. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Dirty D, it's a good point. You know what I would have just posted? Not true. Uh, Callie Green called you on your BS. I never said it, asshole. Once again, false narrative. I never said it, asshole. Missing the point again. See what he tried to do? Make me the bad guy when I never said anything about it. Those comments had nothing to do with me. I have every right to respond to people who come on my program as a guest in any way I want. I am in complete control of how I deliver my content. Complete control. You don't like what I'm saying here because I'm defending Barrett because no one else will. No one else will defend him. I will. Barrett Brooks is not a liar. If you take that to the bank.
Penny was a leader, he made sure everyone had their talcum powder. I have no idea what that means. D. Gunn and Seth said they knew that was going on in the locker room in the post game after Tampa said they wouldn't say, but stuff will leak out. That's why you got to remember something here. I remember, I remember Seth and D. Gunn saying that. Watching all of these of this Eagles shit play out truly is telling of who really listens, reads, and watches things in full. Everyone runs with headlines instead of thinking critically rather than emotionally. That's because most people today, Tone, are headline readers. They're not content readers. They don't look at the content of people. They look at the color of someone's skin or the cover of the book and make and pass judgment. They don't really look at content of character. You know, we're celebrating a guy who said that this month. And people funny don't even look at that and take that to the bank. Because to me, that's my number one priority when how I look at people. Your character. What kind of character are you? Character has no color. Character has definition and meaning. And when you know somebody that has both, you stand up for them. You don't hide under your table or your desk. That's what I do. Okay? Hey, Dan, the Kobe story isn't true. You don't know that. It was taken out of context. You don't know that. That's, your opi- that's an opinion. Okay? That's an opinion. You're assuming Covey didn't walk it back. How many times have you heard athletes walk on? Shit, I saw an entire year of Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, players all over that football team walking comments back all year. But now you're going to believe one guy didn't walk a comment back. How Think about that, Tone. How many times did you see players walking shit back this year? Ten? How many press conferences did Nick Sirianni walk back this year? Twenty? But this guy's telling the truth and Barrett's a liar. Pathetic, ridiculous, and dumb. Hey, me, I don't believe you either. Good afternoon, Dan. Shout out from the Bahamas. Keep up the great work. I love your perspective. And Tone is a guy as well. Go Birds. Okay. Bron goes like this. Sound a bit anger. Bottom line is, was wrong. It's not wrong. I stand by what Barrett Brooks said on this program. That's your opinion. I 1,000% now stand behind Barrett. Barrett heard it. I believe it. You don't know any different. You don't have an opinion either way. No, no, you have an opinion, but you don't know if it's right or wrong. How could you know that? It's his word against his. Why would Barrett Brooks make something up out of the blue like that? Barrett Brooks is relevant. He don't need to lie. He doesn't need to lie. Why would Barrett Brooks lie? Ask you, what, what's his objective? To be relevant? He is relevant. 
I mean, hey, and by the way, you know what the aggravating thing probably to some of you are? I didn't say it. Because then you could have attacked me, but you can't. All I do is respond to a friend and respectfully defend him. I don't know Britton Covey from a can of paint. I know Barrett Brooks. He's my friend, and I believe him. If he heard it. Now, what we both said also was, we also said, correct me if I'm wrong here. Do you think it could have been misinterpreted, Sills? Yeah. Because if you remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Tone. We also both said this. Do we think he can rectify this and know that there's a problem in the locker room? Yes. We both said that. I even actually said, I need to see a little more of this leadership thing before. I had a little fun with it yesterday, but I still really do need to see a little more. But I'm not going to sit here and call Bear Brooks a liar. Okay? Hey, Callie Green... You can insult me all you want. Thanks for making this show completely 1,000%. One of the most watched shows in Philly and one of the most relevant shows. Media people, print media, television, Philadelphia Eagles, they all watch the show. What do you want me to do? My shows have been relevant for 34 years. That's why people have an aggravation with me. You know what's happened? You know, you know, Tone, you don't know this, but when I first started, 200 people used to watch this thing. We got a Twitter post now with over 500,000 people. The Rock is at a million. We've built this thing up, and it really doesn't matter if I'm on the radio or I've got two styrofoam cups. People listen. I could have two styrofoam cups with a string and I'll still be relevant. Think of that. Can I tell you why? Because we're not afraid. We're not afraid. Pretty soon... Fireside chat. Fireside chat. Uh, no. Hey, you know what's funny? People look at it and go like this. Around 600 people are watching right now, right? Dude, if you put all our platforms together, over 400,000 people watch us weekly. Facebook, Twitter, the postings, the shows. We're between 350 and 400,000. There's one radio station in that town, Philly, wishes they had those viewerships. <laughs> I get Philadelphia advertisers now. I could do this show from the moon. And you know why? You? the great people that come on this program and say some of the great things like Meryl Reese, Angelo Cataldi.
Great. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Someone just said that Philly 500, who I love and one of our favorite people, gets 3K in viewers. Yeah, but you know what you don't get? You don't get Philadelphia Eagles responding to my comments or the Inquirer people responding to my show or Crossing Broad responding to my show or the PR department with the Eagles responding to my show. Remember that. The Eagle people respond to this show. I do like you guys, Prince. I do. I think you guys are the greatest fan base. That Philly fan base is insane great. And, 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 and insane great. Insane great. And by the way, I don't want to show, throw any shade. Philly 500 is spectacular. That's why we have him on the program. And I love his work. As, as a matter of fact, Xander. By the way, the guy Brunson, who's friends with Tone, he and I don't see eye to eye at all because he believed some sort of psychotic narrative that never existed. But that's okay, because he doesn't know me from a can of paint. I wish him nothing but the best success. I really do. We need more African broad, African-American broadcasters in this business because we don't have enough. And he's really good at what he does. So kudos to him. Hey, he may not like me, I may not like him. That doesn't mean he's not needed in our business. Because he is. Okay? And if you want to believe whatever you want about me, that's fine. Most, most people in the media have made that narrative that's not true. But that's okay. That's why we're building this channel up and this show up the way it has to be. And for anybody to come on this program and take a shit on Baird Brooks, that's why I'm going to spend the first 30 minutes defending him. Baird doesn't need the money. Baird doesn't need the job. Baird doesn't need the headaches. Barrett doesn't need any of that. But you know what he does? He does it because he likes it. He enjoys it. Okay? The ignorance of some of you, this dude Baird played in the NFL. That alone, plus he's a 12-plus year veteran credibility than most podcast medium reporters. What's he going to lie? Y'all a bunch of... Couch Warrior Keyboards, love the show. Sills, I may not agree with you on all your takes, but can, can we get the second? Yeah, there we go. Sills, I may not agree with all your takes, but you have a right to say it. I may not agree with Barrett's take, but he has a right to say it. I stand with you too. Free speech, how you doing? Cue ball, that's the best damn comment. Everyone's got a right to an opinion. And if somebody believes Britton Covey, so be it. To come out of his own mouth? Absolutely. But you know what? I don't believe. What did I tell you? I'm not going to believe anything out of that building because those people walk all their comments back all year long. Tell me that's not been a narrative. I used to hate this show. Now I can't go a day without this train wreck show. <laughs> Sucks. Keep up the great work. Joseph, that is another. Dayton, please put that up. That's one of my favorite. Look at the tone. Does that not embody the show in Big Sills? Because I hear, let me, let me say it this way. I used to hate Cilio. Now I can't go a day without Cilio, the train wreck show. Sucks. You suck. Keep up the good work. Freaking funny, Joseph. 
absolutely an absolute sensational take. (laughs) That is the best. Okay? Hey, Seals, you suck out loud. I hate you. Keep up the good work. Those are the best. That's what makes Philly Philly. Hey, is that not a Philly tweet or a post? Is that not a Philly post, right? Seals, you suck. I hate you. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hey, that could bring a tear to my eye, man. By the way, I'm going to give you some of the best comments and questions I want to ask. I had my doubts about Cilio as well. Now I love him. (laughs) I love to hate him even more. (laughs) Yeah, because you know why? Can I tell you something about Tone when he's right now? Can I tell you? I can't wait. Tone, do not come on because I'm saving your ass for 3.30. But before you listen to this, okay? You know why Tone gets aggravated with me? Because he's hoping for the best for Hurts. And he's a fan. And he wants this thing to turn around. Me, I, 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 look, I'm not rooting for failure for anybody. Here comes the Kumbaya fireside chat. By the way, we're going to be posting some clips from the fireside chat. William goes like this. Howard Stern formula? No, 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 no. You mean Howard Stern formula in the 80s and 90s? Because Howard Stern now, that guy's a snowball. That guy's a snowflake today. That Howard Stern show today is a snowflake. (laughs) Okay? This is a snowflake. Uh Uh-oh, we're getting fireside hot. How you doing, Howie? Did you get my Christmas card? (laughs) Hey, hey, watch this. Hey, Howie, did you get my uh, New Year's Day card and my Christmas card? Did you you get my pound cake? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, Howie, did you get my pound cake? (laughs) Hmm. <laughs> um, no, 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 Brian. Dan unneutered, Dan unfiltered. That's what the name of this bitch should have been. All right. As we wait for some of the clips of the fireside chat, here's some of the questions that I hope and I know these people won't ask because I have no nuggets. As my grandfather would say, one of the great things my grandfather used to like to say, this guy has no nuggets. And you can probably. Underline what that means. This guy has no nuggets. And I, I do, I would have some questions. Um, Sills, why did you call black men monkeys? Because it was a mistake. And they weren't all black. Okay. It was a mistake. Like when Joe Biden goes to a um, Grand Wizard's Eulogy, Senator Byrd, probably a mistake, right? And he eulogizes him. That was probably a mistake, right? Or if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Probably a mistake. 
Only difference is I don't have multiple times of saying those things. He does. But that's a mistake. Okay. Enough said on that. Being right. Okay. Carlos, it's okay, boss. Here we go. Here's some, here's some comments. And by the way, you know what you get? You know what you get here? Truth, justice, and the American way. I can't, my, my guy tone is sifting through the fireside chart. I can't wait to hear nothing. By the way, unfortunately, Tone's going to, and maybe James and all those guys are going to have their hands full today in trying to find something relevant. So I don't know if we're going to see a lot of posts or a lot of comments out of that thing. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to really see and hear a lot of things. You're going to hear, oh, my God, kumbaya, and this and that. Okay. Eagle fan goes, I got fired for being a racist. No, I didn't. I got fired because I took a shit on the bucks. That's not why I was fired, DAE. And by the way, I had a job 11 days later at Miami. The market manager who works in Philly hired me. 11 days later, gave me a raise. Isn't that crazy? Okay. Isn't that crazy? I had a job 11 days later. Tone's right. Punching down. Thank you, Tone. All right. By the way, he'll be with us at 3.30. And we're going to have Mark Farzetta with us at 4.30. Okay? Here we go. Let's do Nikki and Nicholas Sirianni. Who hired the coordinators? That's what I would ask Nick out of the gate. Did you hire the coordinators? Because if you hired the coordinators, I want I want to know what made you think they were qualified. Did you hire the coordinators? That's question one. Question two, are you consulting with Frank Reich on offense and defensive coordinators that are out there in the NFL right now on different teams? Would be my second question to Nick. Number three, hey, Nick, what happened to the locker room? And you make it a vague question because, you know, hey, Tone, am I right? You know why you make that question vague? I'm going to teach you guys a little lesson in how to ask questions because I've been doing this for 35 years. What happened to the locker room? You know why you ask it vague like that and you don't put it more in a box? Because you let Nick overexplain it. And the more he overexplains that answer, you'll know why he lost it. Because he's making excuses. See, there's a, there's a science to asking questions. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> Tone, he boy, I'll tell you one thing about my guy Tone, man. He is a sponge. This guy, he soaks his shit up and he gets it. You got to load the question up and make it vague. That's right. And let them sink themselves. That's exactly correct. Okay? That's right. Open-ended questions. On certain of them, some of them, though, you want to make them to the point. Okay? Because you want to put them in a box. Let me give you a, a, a for instance. You guys know who Jeff Ireland is? He used to be the um, general manager of the Miami Dolphins. And I asked him the question. Tony, you'll love this. I go, so let me ask you something, Jeff. So when you were interviewing um, at the Combines and you asked Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute, can you tell me what the relevance of that is? And even if she was, what's the point of it? He went on this diatribe to try to over-explain when all he had to do was I wanted to see his response, and it was an inappropriate question. You think? Is your mother a whore? He asked that question at Des Bryant, and I, and I called him on it. I was like, how could you? I mean, I didn't say it like that. How could you? I said, did you ask Des Bryant in your interview, when you were interviewing him in Indianapolis, if his mother was a prostitute? And he went on this gigantic, and at the end, he said, I did. And I left it there. I left it hanging out there for people to make their own assessment of what they thought of the Miami Dolphin GM. And then I said this question to him. Hey, what would you give the roster you have right now? You know what he said? I give it a B. And I went, Jeff, you've had two straight years of six and ten seasons. You think that roster six – you think that – You've won 12 games in two years, and you have a B roster? So then that means your coach is not good. Holy cow. Do you know the Dolphins came in the next day? They didn't put any more Dolphins on. Here's another question I would ask. Oh, Nick. What happened to Hertz? Another open-ended question. Let him fill it in. Because he may, you see, what's the one thing, guys, that Nick is known for? Putting his foot in his mouth. When you have a guy, see, you know why? You know who the hardest people to interview are? Belichick. Because he's not going to say shit. He's not going to give you anything. So you have to ask smarter questions. Nick, you don't have to ask a lot of smart questions to. Okay? You don't. You don't have to. Here's the most important question. Hey, Nick, did you want Brian Johnson fired? Do you think anybody will ask that question? Do you think anybody will ask that question? Nick, did you want to fire Brian Johnson? Did you think it was in the best interest to fire Brian Johnson? Now let's get to Howie. The little guy. Napoleon Roseman. <laughs> hey. 
Let, let's get to Napoleon Roseman. Okay. First question for Napoleon. Did you fire Sean Desai in week 13 of the NFL season? Do you think that question will be asked? No, that was Nick's call. Oh, that was Nick's call. To hire him and then fire him. He's not qualified to be ahead. Do you understand what's going on here? If you ask the right questions, you could theoretically get Nick Sirianni fired. That's why they're they're getting their ducks in a row here. They've got to be smart here. Or you could indict this guy. If you that's why I'm trying to indict somebody here. Okay. Did you fire the DC, Howie, in week 13? No, that was Nick. Oh, so Nick hired these inexperienced guys and then with an inexperienced head coaching move, fired him in week 13. Is that right? Well, shit. How's he keeping his job? Here's another question for Napoleon Roseman. Would you like Frank Reich involved in the organization moving forward? Pretty. Uh, by the way, that's not a vague question. Yes or no really will do. Do you want Frank Reich involved? Okay. Okay. These questions won't be asked. If they are, kudos. Kudos. Hey, do you think they're going to do like they do with the Biden press secretary? They're going to be calling on certain people at the fireside chat. There'll be certain people they call on and certain people they don't. Like they'll call on MSNBC and CNN, but they won't call on Fox. Right? Right? They won't do. Do you think it'll be like that? They're going to systematically go off a script on who they're going to go to. Hey, that's a good point. Maybe Covey walked that thing back because you know why? He is a special teams guy. Had a good year, special teams guy. I'm not talking about a frontline receiver here. He's not Wes Welker. Remember, I got to stay on the roster, man. I'll go get Braxton Berrios. I'm all right with that because he actually could play wide out. Give me Braxton Berrios over Britton Covey. Would you do it? I think I think uh, Braxton Berrios is a free agent too. Berrios is actually a good wide out. Would you do it? I would. Homie's got to stay on that roster. You better backpedal. You better get them oars out. Calling my guy Barrett Brooks a liar? Barrett Brooks is not a liar. There's no reason to. Here's another question. 
How involved are you in the hiring of the OC and DC? And who will make the final call? Think of this for a second. They're 15 minutes late. They're watching us. That's what's going on. They're writing down questions that they don't want to answer. Hey, hey, Tone, who would have thought? Little old Sil Show, just sitting here for a couple hours at my bar talking shit. And you guys care that much? How you doing? This is wonderful. What a Grand Slam day. God, I wish I had a Grand Slam. I love that Denny's Grand Slam. Damn. Chicken fried steak and eggs, too, to have a great plate. I divest. Or I'm diverted. I'm sorry. Food. I'm starving. Did you fire Brian Johnson? Hey, Hey, Cosmo goes, Sills, why is everyone crying in here? I don't know. Because they want their little bit of recognition. And now, I have a question. What happened? Who's LJ? Never heard of him. I hop over Denny's. I don't know, man. I got a great friend at IHOP. Okay? Yes, sir, baby. I back Barrett Brooks 100%. He's not a liar. I think Britton Covey, like the rest of those Eagles this year, walked it back. Sorry. That's my opinion. You don't like it? Tough shit. Tough shit. What did you expect me to do? Not defend my friend? Wrong. Wrong place. Wrong place. Covey's not a liar either. Well, let's take a look at that. Okay? All I heard all year long was Philadelphia Eagle guys, every time they made a comment, including Jalen Hurts, when he said about leadership and accountability, he had to have a press conference in the middle of the week to clarify his comments. A.J. Brown made a comment. He had to have a press conference to clarify his comments. Nick Sirianni has to have these press conferences, and by the way, was caught lying blatantly about a made-up situation in Seattle that never happened. And at the beginning of the week, he was lying about when asked the question, are you going to make any changes as a coordinator? No, we have the guys in the building, and I completely trust them. That wasn't a guy who was covering then. That was a guy that had a total belief and was told on Wednesday, either you fire him or we will. And so Nick did it. Since when is all of a sudden now the Eagles get the benefit of the doubt? Why are you doing that? Why are you giving an Eagle player the benefit of the doubt when all they've done all year long is backtrack? That's what they've done all year. It's not like people have been, you know, my problem is 
Nobody stood up for anybody this year. Including the quarterback. Is that a false statement? Name me one person that stood up during the season for anybody. Shit, it's been 14 days. I thought Brian Johnson was Hurts' boy. Never defended him, never said anything about it being his fault. Did he like him? Nothing. His coach was on the proverbial hot seat for the last 10 days. The kid never said anything about him. So don't sit here and try to tell me, oh, Britton Covey's telling the truth and Brad Brooks is lying. You guys are so full of shit. You'll believe anything. No wonder this country's in the position it's in. Because people can tell you anything and you will be sheep. Make your own assessment for yourself and your own opinions for yourself. Don't have people thinking for you. Damn. Man. Hey, have they started the fireside shot? Probably not. Probably going to answer two questions. Call it a day. What happened? I don't know. Night. (laughs) Delayed. Delayed. All year long, that football team has been walking comments back. (laughs) Hey, big sales, I keep saying. Fireside chat at work. You got to do it with a little emphasis, too. Fireside chat. You know, because it's going to be like, you know, cocoa and uh, it's kind of cold now, right, Philly? So he's got to have some hot cocoa, you know, hand warmers, maybe some chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> you know, nice little poppers that you put over the fire. Maybe some popcorn. Oh, the Chip Kelly. Um, the Chip Kelly ice cream bar. I wonder if that'll be out on display. <laughs> Fireside chalk. Actually, <laughs> yeah, right? Lowering to personal attacks? Like what? Sirianni being incompetent? Put multiple Capricorns in a room to ask these questions. You got to have a sense of humor to understand us. <laughs> you remind me of Ali. He was born in January. Hey, death row. That's exactly the truth. Capricorns, man. Okay. They are non-bullshit artists because we're not capable of it. Okay. The national. Uh, about a <laughs> show. The far side shot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Carl, dude, you can't pull shit over on Philadelphia fans or football fans. You can't pull shit over on people, man. They know when you're a bullshit artist. You know it. Holy cow. Get, get this. So, you know what? And I'm sorry to say, and I, I, man, I'll tell you what, I'm very disappointed in my guy tone a little bit here because Doc Rivers is a friend of mine. And Doc's been on the program twice. And I love Doc. I used to play golf with Doc when he was in Orlando. 
And he's still got a place there, Dr. Phillips. And I'm a friend of Doc's. And I like Doc. Okay? And is d- 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 does Doc melt down a little bit in the postseason and over and over coaches team? Probably. Okay? Probably. Okay? <laughs> but Doc's my boy, man. And I'm now I, I I've got I've got great respect for Doc. I love Doc Rivers. He and I have had a lot of years together. And he comes on the program all the time. So hey, by the way, let's just put it this way. How many coaches in the last 30 years do you have to have a championship that have coached the Sixers? Hmm. Oh, one, Doc. Yeah. Doc. That's right. Not a good coach? Well, he's got a super, he's got a world championship and a Larry O'Brien trophy. I know. He sucks. He sucks. Hey, get this. We'll see what Nick Nurse does. Wouldn't that be funny if Doc, I can't wait to see that series between Giannis and Embiid. See how that thing plays out. For the record, Noose is a champion as well. Oh, that's right. He is. I forgot. That's right. You hired one finally. Can't believe it. Josh Harris. Crazy great. (laughs) Crazy great. Hey, has the fireside chat started? What the hell are we waiting for here? Okay. (laughs) Where's the fireside chat? Has it started yet, Tone? Has this press conference started? It's late. (laughs) It's late. Just like some of the players getting on the field at the end of the season, not knowing who was out there and having to call timeout. The fireside chat hasn't started. (laughs) Wait, where are we now? Holy cow, we're 30 minutes late. Shit. What is going on here? All right. I got a question to ask you. Let's let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Late like our pass rush and blitz pickups. The chestnuts are roasting cells. Oh, yeah. The food's not able to come out yet. Okay. That's right. They said they're late because of a team meeting. What team meeting? The guys are wet. They're not. What team meeting? They had their checkout last week. Player exit interviews were last week. What team meeting? Team meeting? You mean a staff meeting? So they get their shit in row? There's no team. What are they talking about, team meeting? What a bullshit comment if that's true. Team meeting. Oh, they got to get the smoothie machine going. <laughs> Kelly Green goes, Sills acts like he hasn't been late on here. No, no, no. I run on Cilio time, guy. I'm never late. It's my world, not yours. You live in it. Remember that. Okay? I'm never late to anything. That's my world. You, on the other hand, you think I'm late? Well, that's your shit. 
Okay. Yes, sir, baby. We started the program out defending our guy, Barrett Brooks. Congratulations, Barrett. Stand tall. Britton Covey saying that means nothing to me. Because the comments out of the Novacare Center this year have been nothing but BS. <laughs> team meeting. They think they, they, they are the team. They, okay, that's a good one. So the press is supposed to, the fireside presser, the fireside talk, supposed to start in another 15 minutes. Okay. So you guys thought to call Barrett Brooks a liar today. And then I was going to throw Barrett Brooks under a bus or something. Never happened. I stand with him 100% in all the comments he made here. If that's his opinion, I stand with him. I don't know, Britton Covey from a can of paint. Nor do I care to. Okay, let's make that clear. G. Sills loves himself some Sills. Always have, always will. If you don't love yourself, you can't love others. You might want to start with that yourself, kid. Okay? <laughs> Derek Brooks is too big to throw anywhere. That's a fair comment, too. He's a horse. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, is this an analytics thing that we're struggling with now? Is this an analytics thing? I'm going to have a, I'm going to save this question for the top of the hour. Okay. I am. Oh, it's starting now. They're starting. Okay. So I'm going to take a timeout and we're going to do that. Don't forget our great friends at Hooters. 2024 calendars are out. Nine of the girls are featured in the calendars. Don't forget, there's $100 in coupons there. You can also use the app, Hooters2Go.com. Don't forget, like I said, during this weekend's conference championship games, that'll be on Sunday, $2 off every pitcher in-game. $1 will go to local proceeds, and all of those will go to local charities. Again, NortheastHooters.com. That's NortheastHooters.com. Hey, Wing Wednesdays, 1983. All you can eat, one of our greatest things that we do. We've been doing this for over 40 years. Don't forget, kids eat for free on Saturday. We'll give you more. We'll take some bites. I have a question for you. After the fireside chat, what happens next? We'll do it. Hour number two coming up. Tone will be at the bottom of the hour as well. Mark Farzetta will join us at 430. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. guys sitting up there on that desk there at that far side shot is hilarious <laughs> holy cow yeah yeah you know you know i mean dude this guy is so uncomfortable in front of a microphone he is so uncomfortable he, he really is this guy is truly a guy that sits on howie's lap and just takes marching orders. And they're, oh. The commitment to Nick Sirianni is a commitment to being average. He really is, man. It's a commitment to being leaderless. Okay? It just reminds me of being just leaderless new ideas mixed with old ideas keep calling bubble screens yeah nobody's basically telling you because i heard that too him say that you know we're gonna get new ideas and have it mess with old ideas what old ideas was that destroying jalen hurts what are you talking about Come on, man. You got to be kidding me. Let me ask you this. Tone's working diligently. By the way, he'll be on with us at the bottom of the hour here to kind of break down the far side shot. So let me get this right. These new coordinators they hire. These new coaches they're going to bring in, these new schemes. You think it fixes everything? Do you think it fixes hurts? Do you, why are you going to give it the benefit of the doubt? Are you just blindly going to have blind faith and go, oh, they'll fix it? Do you believe that? 
Do you believe fresh ideas, new coordinators, fixes Jalen Hurts? Or is it you got to believe it? That's a frightening one. Do you really believe that that guy is a problem solver? Do you believe you have a problem solving head coach? New coordinators will fix Hurts. Really believe that. For a guy who still struggles with blitzing and reading defenses. Or is this still going to take some time? So today's fireside chat is here to do what? Comfort you? He just said something very telling. I'm not the head coach of the offense, defense, or special teams. I am in charge of the culture. There it is. He's in control of the culture. The culture fell apart. That's the only thing he can say. Okay? Howie took over the interview because Howie is in control of the team. Damn, dude. I'm not in charge of the offense or defense. Then what's your fucking job? The culture? The players make the culture, not the coach. Wow. Where in your right mind would you think that you as a coach create a culture when you don't even pick the players to make that culture? Now, if Nick had say in the personnel, that's one thing. Cancun birdies. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, sorry, Tone took me off my, 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 my take. I don't even know what the hell I'm saying now. All I know is that, hey, if you want to win some gift certificates, well done, Tone. From our great friends at Hooters and some merchandise from Jacob Sports, all you got to do is you'll see that code word and you'll email us your information, dancilioshow at gmail.com. We'll name a name of a winner on a football Monday. We get conference title games this weekend, and we'll do that this coming Monday. Okay, so that's there for you. You see that code word? Email us, and you get an opportunity to win that stuff. Hey, senor, tell me, senor, what is Nick Sirianni's job? What's his job? Holy cow. <laughs> Danny Sirianni is on his last legs. I think he's on his knees. Barb, I don't I don't think Nick Sirianni walks around at the Novacare Center anymore. I think he kind of you know is on his knees scooting along. You know that scene from Trading Places when 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 he's sitting on that board and he's got he's pretending he doesn't have any knees or has any legs. Right? And Eddie Murphy's on that thing and those cops pick him up. That's kind of who he is. He he's that guy on that on that board. Like, um, yeah, you know, they pick him up on trading places. By the way, that thing was in Philadelphia, too. Very appropriate. So you think this guy fixes this shit with these new coordinators? 
when you have the same ideology and the same way of doing business. Come on, man. I'll tell you one thing is very disappointing to see some of you in here. You know what it is? How you could turn on Barrett Brooks like that. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You don't know Britton Covey from a can of paint. You've listened and watched Barrett Brooks play in your city. He's been on your media. He's a 10-plus year veteran. And he says something, and immediately you call him a liar. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Just because you want to defend somebody or something, you're quick to judge Barrett Brooks. And every person that did that, you know what I say? I question you now and the kind of integrity that you have. That means you don't make your own opinions for yourself and you don't judge people in your own way. You let others judge people for you. It's an easy layup in life. Pretty terrible, actually. Says, says a lot about you. Dan Howie just said he believes in the Kobe Dean. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I have to get confirmation of that one. Okay? No, he didn't. No, no, he did not. I told you if it's true, they're going to start him. No, he did not. I do not. I need confirmation. No way. How he said he's got complete faith in the Kobe Dean. I, I, no way. No, I, no way. No way. No way. No way, no way, no way, no way, no way, no way. Holy cow, they're justifying their fuck-ups this year. They're blaming the defense on N'Kobe Dean not being healthy. He'll never be healthy. He'll never play in that defense. They're blaming some of the things on injuries and poor coordinating. That's why they fell apart at the end. They are making excuses for every single misstep they had this year. They are not self-evaluating. They are making and passing judgment for their failures onto others. That's not how you win. There's no accountability. Holy cow. Here's, here, here's what I'm taking out of this fireside chat. I can't wait to get Angelo on tomorrow, too. He's not in control of anything on the team except for the culture. How he believes in the Kobe Dean, who was a train wreck this year. And get this, if he believes in how uh, Kobe Dean, that means he believes in how he looks at the linebacker position. He's not going to upgrade. If that's true, he's not upgrading the linebacker position. He didn't say Cunningham. That's got to be a funny one. Dude, this press conference, this fireside chat is insulting to the fan base of the Philadelphia Eagles. If what you guys are saying this, this is this is really embarrassing. He said Cunningham had a good year. Come, he didn't say Cunningham had a good year. 
You, he didn't. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I, I've got to get. No way. No way. No way. Good night, almighty man. They're telling you more than I thought they would. They're stumbling over themselves. Holy shit. And you don't believe Barrett Brooks? And you believe an organization who is lying to you right now? Nick made the change. So Nick has no control. Wait a minute. Think about Nick made the change a D coordinator. So Nick has no say over the defense or no say over the offense, but Nick made the change. And Nick made the hires. How do you keep your job? This is a comedy hour. This is a comedy hour. Tone's got some bites here. And you could play that one if you want, Tone. If the offensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the offense and the defensive coordinator is going to be in charge of the defense, what is your role going to be? The head coach you know, the football team. What does team. that entail? How, how does it change? Yeah, um, I guess – what you know it'd be this very similar to what's going on right now um you know if that mean i'll sit more into defensive meetings at times maybe right instead of always being in an offensive meeting maybe i go to a defensive meeting here and there um but my job is to be the head coach of the team not the head coach of the offense not the head coach of the defense not the head coach of the special teams but be the be the head coach of the football team and so that's building the culture that's making sure the cultures um you know working you know with our our five core values are taking every day at a time like we're not coming up with new core values uh i mean we may shuffle where you know where the things are that are important um and the most important um but that's diving into that building the culture having a relationship with the guys on the football team um because i know when when i have that connection with the guys on the football team um that's when things are you know that when that's when the culture is working um, and, and working at high level. And then that's where the, our connection with the players and then their connection with each other works well, too. Let me answer a question. Let me... He's a cheerleader. He's a cheerleader. He's a cheerleader. Yay! He's a cheerleader. Hey. <laughs> this thing is more funnier than I fucking thought it was going to be. Tone's ripping these things out here. Oh, my God. Is he going to have a lot to talk about at the bottom of the hour here, too? Go ahead, Tone. Play this another one here. They're, they're, comedy, they're comedy clips. It's like something from Saturday Night Live. It, it, it seriously, it's like something from Saturday Night Live here. This year's uh, linebacker play was good, you know, from those guys. And I think, if anything, um, it's my belief in the players that we have, the young players that we have. Uh, I have a lot of belief, and I know Coach does as well, and Kobe Dean, you know. And so 
I believe in the player, I believe in the person. Um, you know, we lost two linebackers at that uh, spot, two good players uh, from our Super Bowl team. Um, and we had N'Kobe Wade in the wings. We drafted him for that role. Um, obviously, it didn't work out perfectly for him this year. That doesn't change the, uh, the belief we have in, in the player. Um, and then, you know, we felt like we'd have the ability to get uh, an off-ball linebacker, a will linebacker who can, who can run hit. And, and honestly, when you watch the tape, uh, Zach Cunningham had a good year. He really did. And he had a mentality that we liked from that position. Um, uh, of course, you know, we miss some of the guys that looked and left as free agents. Miss some of the guys on and off the field that we had uh, strong relationships with. Howie, what was your involvement this year's? Uh... Sills, what the f? The GM literally put over our garbage linebackers big time, dude. Honest to God, here, man. They got faith in Nicobe Dean. They don't, they're not going to do anything at the linebacker position. Nothing. Tone, you can just play him when you get him available. I know you're trying to fire him out as, as, as quick as you can. So just I'll stop talking when you want to post. So just go ahead. I don't have to call for it if you get something up there. That's a horrible press conference. I thought, you know, you know what their best thing should have been? Not to say anything. They should just not have said anything. I mean, you're exposing yourself to, I mean, you're telling people that you're, you're blaming others. I'm not in charge of anything. I love N'Kobe Dean. I have faith in N'Kobe Dean. That was a catastrophic disaster. He fired Nick or Nick fired Sean Desai when they were 10 and two and you hired. So we we're under the assumption then, right? Tone we're under the assumption then that he elevated Matt Patricia. Hey, by the way, just for the record, I don't believe he did any of this. Okay. I don't believe he did any of this, but if he's falling on the sword for that, so he fired a guy who was 10 and 2 and had beaten the Dolphins, Chiefs, Cowboys, Rams, Bucks, and elevated Patricia and made the defense the worst defense in the league. You lost the culture in the building, which he said he's in charge of. All the things that the team fell apart on, he took accountability, and that's his job. Bro, how do you have a job? How in the world do you have a job? This is cringy. This is really cringy. I mean, it's cringy. Their plan is to pull the top 300 picks from an online service and put them in a, hey, they got a better chance of picking a winner out of the hat than they do of putting a draft board up. Desai and Patricia both sucked. We squeezed them wins out against. The reason you won 11 ball games is because you do have a good team. But they couldn't overcome all the shitty bad decisions in the room. 
You know the one thing Tone said that is exact. Well, he's said many right things, but you know what one of them was also? That team won in spite of poor management and poor coaching. Think about that for a minute. Here you go, James. The Eagles won 11 games this year in spite of poor management and poor coaching. That's a fact. And now they're justifying themselves at the fireside chat. This is freaking delusional. This is utterly delusional. And let me put something else out there. You guys talking shit to me. You should be talking shit to someone who thinks that a linebacker should be starting. That sucks. Why aren't you aiming that there? A coach who's in charge of culture. That failed. A coach who fired Desai. Failed. The hiring of the coordinators. Failed. Those weren't my decisions. I just had proclamations on them. You're looking at the wrong guy, kids. And you don't believe Barrett Brooks. Got your tone. You know what I love about our show? It's so relevant now. You got everybody watching this thing like a hawk now. I'm so proud to be a Jacob. You know why? They got my back. Like I told you, like TNT has Barkley's back. They got my back. Watching us like a hawk. So you can't be shocked at what they said. Pete, I am. Because it's not needed. It's not needed. Dude, they're just burying themselves. Wow. I I thought they were smarter than this. Vic Fangio just got fired, and Adam Schefter said Eagles going hard for him. Thank you, Cody. Very kind of you. Very kind. What needs to be done to fix Jalen? I know Jalen will work on things he knows he needs to improve on. 
That's a great question, Nasty. Do I believe that? Yeah. You know why? That's one thing in his character that you have seen him work on. He went to Tom House last year, worked on his accuracy. He worked on things when he got to Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, worked on them there. He worked on his game when he got to Philly. He kept his poise and his pride at Alabama when he was benched. Do I think that he'll work on some of the things that people may have narratives on? Yes, I do think that. And again, I said that yesterday as well. Okay? And remember also what I said. You know, the the stuff about his leadership and shit like that? I still need to see a little more of that being on display that he wasn't. You know what I mean? I still need to see a little more of that. I I I got to tell you one more time. So let me let me let, let's tie this in to the Baird Brooks comments of yesterday and what you just heard. You believe anything out of the Novacare Center? And anything anybody says out of that thing? You'll believe anything out of the Novacare Center, but you don't believe Baird Brooks. Really? So Barrett's lying. But what you heard today at that press conference doesn't bother you? Look, do I think Barrett heard a comment and someone mentioned Covey's name and he said that? Yeah. And now the kid's walking it back? Dude, that press conference today or fireside chat they just had was more than anything I thought they'd give you. They gave you a ton of manure. That was a justification of the way they do business. And they're going to continue to do business the way they see fit. They're just going to hire new people. They're not changing any course direction. They're staying status quo. Congratulations. You'll be a five-win team in two years. Wow. What a freaking joke. I can't believe what I... I can't believe what people are texting me. Seals, you got to be here. You're not going to believe what they're saying. So watch this. Before I bring Tone on, so you really believe that these guys are going to fix Jalen Hurts and your problems are going to go away next year? With what you heard today? Let's bring Tone in. All right, here we go. Buckle, buckle up, you guys. <laughs> Woo-wee! You know what? It's it's it's, it's crazy. I, I really I really didn't really get the opportunity to really hear everything because you know I'm going back and forth. So I'm trying to I'm trying to like you know hear it, trying to find the clips, you know, the stuff that's important. But when I hear that they felt like 
that Kobe Dean is their future and that they feel like they felt like Zach Cunningham had a had a great year based off the tape and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, look, did they really say Zach I, Cunningham had a great year? Do in, in the press conference, Harry Roseman said, Yeah, you know, off the tape, you know, Zach Cunningham had a good year for us, you know, all that kind of stuff. They couldn't look, cover a linebacker. And, and, and look, here's the thing. They had the worst run defense the last seven weeks. Look, it's you know, I said this to Rob earlier, right? They had the worst linebacking core in the league. Listen, listen, listen to this. I got you. Listen to this. <laughs> Zach Cunningham, was he their most consistent linebacker? Probably, but listen to this. Is e it's easy, it's easy for a six to look like a 10 in a room full of fours. You, you follow too. me? You follow me? It's <laughs> oh, easy. no. It's it's easy. But she's kind of good looking for the rest of the group. Look at her. She's the best one in the group. And you're hey. going like this when you wake up in the morning. Damn, I'm with Mrs. Fugly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> why did you do Why did you do <laughs> all right, all right, hold on, wait, uh, hold on. All right, we gotta be professional. Uh, we gotta be professional. We gotta chill. Gotta be professional. Yeah, okay, be as professional as what I heard today. <laughs> oh my god. Well, oh, I, come listen, on, man. I, I wish I, I wish I could hear everything, but just hearing oh, when they asked him about um, asked him about his role with the OC and the DC and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> He I'm basically like, told you he doesn't have a job. He, he, in so many words, he said, "Yeah, I'm just gonna be walking around, you know, you know, checking the soap dispensers, making we got plenty of soap, <laughs> you know, what I mean, checking the, uh, checking the water, you know, checking the water tank, making sure we got plenty of water." Oh my Did god! Did he also say that he fired Desai? I heard ooh, somebody I'm, say. I'm, I'm, all right, so listen. They asked Howie directly, "What was your involvement in the in the demotion of Sean Desai?" And in so many words, and I'm paraphrasing. But I got to be careful. That's a oh, blast. Yeah, watch out doing. for paraphrasing. We got to worry right. about paraphrasing around here because right. we have English majors that watch the show. Right. So basically what Howie said was, yeah, you know, um, you know, and, you know, decisions like that, you know, Nick comes to me. He tells me his concerns. He tells me what's on his mind. And then, you know, we um, we ultimately make that. Oh and, God. and then we also and then we ultimately make that kind of decision together, you know, and um. You know, you know, he um, you know, he 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 handles he handles all his coaches and makes those kind of decisions. You know, um, you know, you know, you know, just like the you know, just like the decision to um turn down play calling and give it to Shane, you know, he he made that decision. And and in my mind, I'm like, stop fucking lying. No shit. Yo, my first my first let me let me ask you, let me stop you. Hang on. When when I don't know who asked the I think it was Jeff McClain that asked that question, or maybe Selkie asked that question. Are you gonna yeah, make? Yeah, Filsky, maybe. I, I, I can't. Ask, I can't are you gonna make any changes at coordinator? That didn't look like a guy that was covering. That's a guy that had conviction. Going, no, I love everyone in the building, and mm -hmm. I believe. Within a matter of three days, he was fired or demoted, whatever. I mean, it's a bullface lie. Right, right. To just, you know, I would much rather you say, "Hey, well, you know what? You know, um, you know, it's an eighteen-week season." And we're evaluating everybody on a week to week basis. You know, I would have I would have rather you said that at least at least that way. You're not telling me that if something was to happen, I should be surprised. You know what I mean? It was it's just yeah. he 
he just feels the need to go too neck deep in certain points. And it's like, just keep a surface. That way, if anything changes, you're good. You know what I mean? We're not going to look at you like you're a liar. Don't say, oh, yeah, I got everybody's back. And then you fired a guy two weeks later. That's Wait, weird. You, I got more out of the fireside hot than I thought I was going to get out of with these guys, man. Oh. I mean, seriously, it was like marshmallows being roasted. Like it was like hot cocoa and I shit. Wish I, show, guys, I, I, I wish I could show clips, man. Hey, I really hey do. listen, you you didn't have to say all that shit. You kind of put your foot in your mouth when you're doing when you over explain, well, my job, I really don't, you know, I don't have anything to do with the defense. I have anything to do with the offense. I don't have anything to do with really special teams. Okay, Nick. Well, then if you don't have anything to do with that, I have everything to do with the culture. Well, the culture fell apart at the end. Mm -hmm. You fired Desai. The culture became even worse when you put Patricia in there. How do you have a job? I'm so glad you said that. Notice everything that he said he had a hand in and ultimately failed. He's covering. So help me understand, you, you're supposed to have a handle on these things, but everything that you had your fingerprints on ultimately failed. So why are you still here? Why are why you are still, still here? here? Let if me everything let me, that you had your fingerprints on, ultimate the culture that you that you claim your responsibility, you're responsible for fails you in the end. Um uh Brian Johnson, the guy that you so-called elevated, failed you in the end. Um what it's 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 just it's just um, too many the offense that you claim is your offense failed in the end. Everything that he says he had a strong hand in failed, and I don't know if they realize he what he's saying when he says that. He is literally putting his foot in his mouth. If you ask me, and look, I don't care if it's the ending press conference, the first one. I'm not giving you too much to bite your, you know. I'm not giving you too much sink your teeth into. I'm not. They gave I'm him a not. fucking steak today. Gave him a, 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 a tomahawk. A tomahawk steak today. Holy man. shit, man. That was one of those Kobe steaks. Man. Like fifteen hundred bucks. Twitter, Twitter is lighting their asses up. <laughs> hey, hey, speaking of that, hey Tone, how many people backed or defended anybody this year? And how many people backtracked comments when it came to players and coaches this year? when it came to potential comments that other people made, would we say that that was a common theme this year that people made a comment after the game, even Jalen or even Nick, AJ Brown, all of them. Then they had to come out and they had to clarify their comments somehow during the week. Right. I feel like all year, I feel like all year this team has been playing on unstable ground and they've just been saying one thing, putting their foot in their mouth, trying to clean it up. Trying to, you know, perception, 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 like all, all that stuff. Instead of winning freaking football games when it matters most, they've been so concerned about how they look. Yeah. Off the field. They haven't been they haven't been concerned enough about how they look on the field. And it's frustrating to me. And I'm at the I'm at the point now where it's yeah, not honest. Of, yeah, it's not. You know, I'm a fan of the team. Don't get me wrong. But I'm but I'm watching this team objectively. You know, I have, I, I, I have, I have no, you? no. Trust me, at this point now, now I, I okay. I, I, because I was gonna, because my question to you would be, you really believe after what you're hearing, and you have to go back and listen to even more of it. You I really think two coordinators and everything is gonna just be all peachy king, and you're gonna fix Jalen Hurts next year, and you're gonna fix the team, and they're gonna be back on their merry way. You all of a sudden think that that's gonna go 
and they're going to be trending in the right way when, quite frankly, the thing fell apart after 17. You are trending in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. They're trending in that direction, right? Um, is it possible, you know, for them to make, like, is, is it possible for things to go right? Sure. Anything's possible, right? But I don't trust them right now. That's what it comes down for me. I don't trust them right now. And, right. At a base, and at a base level, if I can't trust you, it's hard for me to believe anything you say or anything you do. I have faith in your process. As of right now, on January 24th, and people can write it down, hold me to it, whatever it is, I do not trust the Philadelphia Eagles right now. It's just that simple so, for me. Let me, let, me, let me address something with you now, because you were getting family time, and our good friend Bear Brooks came on the program. Yesterday, I watched, I watched that interview in full. By the way, um, I had a chance to check it out. That was a good, that was a good conversation between you guys. And um, how he took a shot, y'all, without saying Dan's name. <laughs> Somebody got to tag me in there. I got to see that. Yeah, <laughs> I got to see. That. Uh, okay, oh, I got I to gotta see it. I got if that's the case. Isn't that great tone what you've done for this show and what everyone has done? They've made the show one of the most relevant shows in Philly. You know, I just come in every day, punch the clock, and try to just do my best, man. How about Britton Covey uh, responding? So first, let me set it up. He sent the so whole we, TED you know, talk. We had a good conversation. You were listening to it. And then at the end, I asked. And you know what? I'm To be candid, I'm still suspect on the whole leadership thing. I had fun with I know. it. But I'm still, you know, I'm not ready to make that an indictment on the kid yet. Because I don't. I'm not I'm not totally there. I do think that there was some shit at the end that really like even you and I said in the Tampa game it was horrible body language in the Tampa game and in the Giant game. It was it just didn't look like leadership from the kid. All that being said, Barrett like heard something someone said and could he have maybe misinterpreted it? Probably. Could he have maybe stood for it? You got to remember something about Barrett Brooks. He's a 12-year veteran. He's a guy that doesn't need the money. He's a guy that doesn't need the job. Why the fuck would he just make that blatantly up right. he when he gain walks anything. into that locker room on a daily basis just, just to sit there and go? And then Britton Covey goes on my Twitter page and completely disputes it and gives me a Nick Sirianni soliloquy <laughs> where he completely just goes into detail about why that's not true. Dude, I I question more of that because this year, and by the way, I back Barrett because I know Barrett and I believe Barrett and I don't believe Barrett Brooks is a liar. I'm sorry. So do I think it could have been misinterpreted? Yes, but I like to stay in the middle to let things kind of play itself out to see how this thing, you know, that guy Joe did an article on Jalen. Barrett said something. Am I saying he's Wentz? Absolutely not. Right. Even even Joe Centilaquito in his article, he made it very clear this is not a Carson Wentz situation. It is not, and I don't believe right. it is either. However, right. I don't think anybody does. But oh, you, have you people said who are something so about Hurts, and it's it. so true. What you guys have done to this guy is give unfair expectations in a rushing matter. You have tried to elevate this kid into being a franchise quarterback. When he's got a ton of growth yet to go on the field, off the field, you want him to be, as you say, a finished product after three years of starting. That's insane. Kyler Murray is a great 
also case study. He's got a mountain of years yet to develop. Michael Vick didn't develop into a leader. Until Michael Vick said himself he didn't understand the position until he got with Andy Reid. That was like eight or nine years into his career. You Eagle fans have rushed it. And I think the Eagles giving him that money rushed it even more. You know what's so funny? I think I think them giving him the giving him the money didn't rush it for him. It rushed it for themselves. They rushed they they, they rushed put it that, for everyone. Yeah, they put that pressure on themselves. And look, yes. I, and look, I wasn't against them paying him. By the way, I want to make that clear. Look, I like Jalen Hurts, and um, you know, I make that very clear. <clears throat> I just feel like people have a misconception about how they think, you know, he's supposed to operate, and you know what they expect out of him. You know, for, for me, I think Jalen Hurts is uh, a quarterback that, you know, let me make this clear. Above all else, out of everything going up to Eagles, that's the one That's the one fragment of that organization that I trust. That's the one fragment of the organization that I can say I have the utmost faith in. Here, You know, and go ahead. Okay. Well, Tony, see, I'm impervious to liking someone mm -hmm. when it comes to covering a football guy, unless right. I know them personally, like uh, Dan Morgan getting the job with the Carolina Panthers. He's a guy I recruited for the University of Miami. We're right. dear friends. So I'm, I'm I'm very partial to something like that because we're friends or some teammates of mine that work in the Steeler mm. organization. Yeah. What kind of like kind of like Tracy Rocker. Like that's yeah, your guy. Tracy like, Rocker's a friend of mine, very good. He's a teammate of mine. And so I I I'm a little bit I have a personal relationship with those guys. Yeah. So I'm more sensitive to guys like you're, that. Yeah, you're you're a little partial. I got you. Okay, like Michael Irvin. Someone's I never, ever wavered on Michael Irvin's innocence with that whole case that he had out there. And it turned out to be he was innocent right? because I know what he's going through with his wife personally. I'm not going to go into it. However, so I don't whether Jalen Hurts is a good dude or not, I don't give a fuck. I care that he's the quarterback and he represents himself in a way that personifies what that position in the NFL today needs a signature face, which he is. A guy who could carry your football teams to wins, which he's won 25 in the last two years. Um, and it's a guy that's going to try to keep you in a Super Bowl window. Outside of that, I think what happens is, Tone, a lot of people, like when I say a comment like Brandon Graham or Deshaun Jackson, some of you guys get all butthurt. I don't give a fuck about that shit. What's best for the Eagles? What's best for a team? What's best for the 53-man roster? That's how you survive in that league. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick made the toughest cuts on the planet. They got rid of Richard Seymour. You know, he had four more Pro Bowl years out in Oakland when he went out there, but they traded him. You know why? They were never going to have an unbalanced salary cap like you have in Philly right now. Okay? They were never. They were always going to have a balanced cap. They were going to keep everything in the room, and they were going to be honest with their players. You know what they told players, free agents? You'll never make top dollar in, in New England. You know why? They had Brady. You'll mm. never make top money because Brady never Brady was never the highest paid player in the league until he got to Tampa. That's how they ran that organization with honesty. The Eagles don't run their organization with honesty. Players are constantly walking shit back. So the comment again, going back to Barrett. Hey, do I believe Britton Coveney? Do I think that he really likes Jalen and Jalen's a good leader? Yeah. But do I think he walked his comments back? I do. Because well, Barrett Brooks is not a liar. You know, here's the thing. I'm grateful and blessed to know Bear Brooks in the context and in the capacity that I do. Um, I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to be able to pick up a phone and be able to call him at any time, and I know he'll answer. That's that's the kind of relationship 
you know, you know, I would like to think that I had with B. Brooks. Every time I called, he answered. Every time he called me, I answered. So, you know, here's the thing. Bear Brooks, in my experience, or you know, for you know, for the short time that I have known him, that man's not a liar. That he's man's not a not, liar. That man's that man's not clickbaity. He's not here, he's not here for the clicks. He's not here to make headlines. He does what he does because he truly loves the game. And you know, he's played it. And he loves talking about it. You know, he also does comment. He also does color commentary for college games. Like Bear Brooks is what you call a football lifer. Yeah. And you can't and you can't kick him out the building no matter what. So I say all that to say when Bear Brooks shares his thoughts on a subject that may that may be polarizing or controversial to some people, trust and believe. I don't think he's someone who's 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 sharing his thoughts because he's, he's trying not to a hot away. take guy. He's not a hot take guy. Never has been. Never has been. So, but here's the thing, right? People turn your people turn up the temperature on your takes because you disagree with them. That's what they do. When you when you when you say something that goes against status quo or that makes people remotely uncomfortable, they turn up the heat on your takes and make it more than what it really was. And you that's exact. I went on my Twitter page and I go, people are calling me a filthy liar and a moron and a racist moron liar. And I'm like, that comment had nothing to do with me. Listen, I watched that whole interview from beginning to end. And I, and I rewinded actually certain parts. You did not, and I want to make that clear. You did not say what Bear Brooks said. You asked B. Brooks a question. He provided a response. You asked him to clarify, if I'm not mistaken. I did. And he, and he said what he said. So again, people, what they like to do, whenever the message doesn't serve them, they like to disparage and discredit what did I go after the, the messenger. messenger. It's, what what it's, do they go after the messenger and not because that's where we are, Sil, Sils. We're not in a we're not in a time where the message is being criticized. It's the messenger. You know why? Because people don't know how to combat ideas with ideas. They only know how to combat ideas with disrespect. They don't know how. People don't understand. It's it take it takes a it takes what a very what an appropriate comment in the month of February. Think about in it. In the month of January, excuse me. What an appropriate comment in the month of January. People don't combat ideas with ideas anymore. They combat ideas with disrespect. Oh, okay. You said this. Okay. Man, you're getting paid off by somebody. Or this is like, no, nah, this, this, this is just how I feel. You know, like, for example, you know what they do to me all the time, Sills? <laughs> they call me Celio Jr. It's hilarious. <laughs> they call me Celio Jr. And I laugh because I'm like, if they knew, if they knew me in real life, which I would like to think some of you guys do because I talk a lot. If they knew me, they realize that I'm I'm I'm, I'm no, the you're same. your own man. I'm I'm the same in like you know on any platform, really, for the most part. I, I mean, I feel like I'm the same. You know what I mean? If you talk to my wife, I'm as brash and abrasive with you know in real life, you know, as I am on you know on the screen. So regardless, though, you know, when when, when the idea when the idea is not suitable for people, they want to attack you because Just remember, the, Tone, it's low-hanging fruit, it's easy. When you walk to the edge, it's lonely out there. Yeah, you know that's why I got married, though. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know, what my wife said about Barrett, what and she, you know what she said about you. She goes like this. Oh, and tell Barrett you, Anna, I appreciate him. Real quick, tell you, Anna, I appreciate him, man. She's hey, so oh, wait, sweet. wait till I tell you what she says. I appreciate about it, man. you, really, man. I, I looked at her and I go, "Fuck you," and she goes like, "Let me tell you what she said about Barrett." She goes, oh, "Barrett, listening to you, right?" I said, "Barrett's not listening to me." He goes, "Did you ask him the question?" He goes, he goes, did you give him a loaded question? I go, I did not give him a loaded question. I gave him a chance to clarify himself. And and he's, he's like, oh, so you accentuated the question. 
I looked at her because she used to be my producer for 20 right, years. Right. She produced right. my show. And she goes like this. You see, you can't fuck with me because I know how slick you are with those questions. Rush Limbaugh taught me how to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a, there's it's art and a technique to doing it. And so she's like, I go, no, I didn't. I, I, I had no idea he was going to go there. I had no idea. And she goes, as for your guy, Tone, he goes, I've been watching some of that stuff. Don't, don't, don't send him down the rabbit hole. <laughs> don't, don't have him with a brick. Don't let him wear the brick you're wearing when you go down the gutter hole. Don't take him down. I'm like, I'm oh, not. No, that's funny. Like, that's funny. I go, by the way, I go, Kim, just so you know, there'll be days sometimes he says four words to me because he's pissed off probably out of take. And she'll go like this. Oh, okay, good. So he's got a mind of his own. I go, yeah, he's not, he, he, he's not a normal producer where normal producers are going to kiss the ass of the hose. Tone and I, actually tone made me take down a comment on my Twitter page. And I never do that. So, you know, I respect for you. Yeah. And I got respect for you as well. That's why, you know, it's, that's why I like, I, I see, I, I've grown to know you. Right. And I'm my own man at the end of the day and, you know, getting to know you. I appreciate you, man. You're a fun guy to talk to, fun guy to work with. And I wouldn't have it in any other way. So it's like, you know, this whole thing with the whole is Eagles. It scary? Is it scary working with me? Some days. Some days. I'll admit. <laughs> I'll be honest. Some, 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 days, some days I'm like, all right, you guys, how can I find a way to how can I find a way to butter this up for the people that's watching this right now? How can I find a way? Because because yeah, a lot of people I got think one I, today. Hey, Sills punching down. Listen, listen a lot. Listen. A lot of people think I disagree with you. A lot of people think I only agree with you. No, a lot of people think behind that. it, the private chat, <laughs> the private chat. I'll get a couple of these. We're punching down. <laughs> I, We're punching I disagree down. with you a lot. You know what I'm saying? But overall, man, uh, the, the 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 you know who else is I'm... afraid of us? James, who? poor kid. He don't know oh, what. To I post. love James. <laughs> you know why James. there's not a lot of postings? Xander said something to me the other day. Hey James, how come and James? Of course, he's diligently watching. She goes, he goes like, I, I didn't see anything for the Cilio show posted. And James is probably back there going, "Fuck, I don't know what to post without getting in trouble." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I loved, I love James because one day, right? I think, I think we were at, uh, I can't remember if it was Oceans or wherever, but I was talking to James. We were talking about the show. I think James said something along the lines of, "Man, I don't." Sales makes it so hard to put up clips. <laughs> he makes it so hard to put up clips. <laughs> James, I know you're watching, man. I love you to death, James. James oh knows exactly God. what I'm talking about. That is so freaking funny. He knows funny. exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, my Okay, God. so moving forward after the fireside chat here. Yeah. Okay, Tone, oh, is this thing getting fixed? I don't know. I don't know. I'm being honest with you guys. I do not know what the future holds because I have no idea where they're going to go with the coordinators. But then again, I should, right? I should know because they made it very clear. They made it very clear that their intention is to follow their process. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, but I feel like Jalen Hurts is his organization's only hope. Only hope, man. I think Jalen Hurts is the only hope for this organization. You know, I, I said something earlier. You know, Jalen Hurts been taking a lot of bullets. You know, you know for how he carried himself, and you know, did he? You know, did he do everything perfect this year? No. 
Um, did he have some shortcomings? Absolutely. Um, but ultimately, I feel like Jalen Hurts is genuine. And he strikes me, he strikes me as somebody that is about progress and getting the job done and holding himself accountable. That's the one thread of this organization that I trust unequivocally. I trust his work ethic. You know, uh, one thing that was brought up was the fact that Jalen Hurts, over the past 12 months, a lot has changed for Jalen Hurts over the past 12 months. You know, Gary Cobb, remember? Gary brought that up when there's a lot going on in his life. Right, and then on top of that, you know, I watched Joe Centilaquito's interview on Sports Take um, the other day, and then um, and then I watched, uh, and then I read the, or his actual article, and a lot of people felt like it was a hit piece. And as I'm reading it, I didn't feel like that. I felt like he was making observations. I thought it was that, a constructive criticism article. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it felt. It, it felt more like constructive criticism because not once in that cover in that in that article did he say that all is lost the eagles got to figure out a way of, he's you know, not the future Nobody yeah he didn't say nothing like that he more so just made observations and said look although things didn't go right this year jalen hurts has every opportunity to fix this and and and, and best believe we believe that he can't you know on top of that he made deep says something here that goes along with what you're saying tone is too invested in Hurts. No, he ain't invested as much as the Eagles are. Nah, I don't know. Well, think, don't think about that. They're put $180 million, $250 million. Yeah, I, that's to say, invested. Look, 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 here's the thing, right? He, You just you just said it. And and thank you, Mob Deep. I appreciate you for locking on the show. The reality is they invested a quarter of a billion dollars into that young that's, man. You better believe I'm invested. That's invested. You better believe, you better believe I'm invested. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They invested a quarter of a billion dollars. Oh, yes, yes, Bob D. To put it plainly, I am very invested in yeah. Jalen Hurts' success. Very but if invested. the company invested, like you said, a quarter of a billion dollars, I mean, there's you, you're investing your passion and your love for your team and the civic pride you have for the Eagles that you've been right. raised with. That's what you give on a daily basis. And I'll say this one more time. Bills Mafia, Fly Eagles Fly, Steelers, Underrated Niner fans, Packer fans, those are the best fan bases in the NFL. <laughs> Man. Those Man, are the, the best way. fan bases. Man. It's, 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 it's... And remember, Tom, when you have an opinion, people are going to roast you. Oh, no, no, I ain't worried about that. I ain't worried about that. I just like to pay attention to the ones that actually make sense. Um <laughs> Well, then you what? only have about two in here. <laughs> so I got, I got, I got Slugger or Slagger. He says, um, he says, stop with the quarter of a billion talk. It's backloaded. They never paying that. Listen, here's the thing. Oh, he's gonna get two fifty. He's going. He's going. Listen, if he's on that roster when it, when the contract is about to end, he's getting that two fifty. Jalen Hurts is gonna be on that team five years from now. Look, and and here's the thing. The fact of the matter is. They got him. They got it. They got him on pen and paper for two hundred fifty million dollars, and now, with low cap hits, right? And with low cap hits, so so regardless, two hundred fifty quarter of a two hundred quarter of a billion dollars, two hundred fifty million dollars. They put that to pen and paper. Now, obviously, I'll be the one hundred eighty is guaranteed or something like that. One hundred seventy five, whatever it is, that's the guarantee. But if he's your quarterback for that contract and beyond, you're going to pay him north of a quarter million quarter billion dollars. Right, so I don't know why people are trying to pretend like that's not the real thing. You know, they they he signed that contract. If he's healthy and plays it out, 
he's going to get every every, every cent of that. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, sorry. I just this came across my brain for a second. Yeah, you good? You good? I lost my train of thought there because I saw I have faith in Kobe Dean, and I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Please continue because no, you're it, fine. It, I, I don't know why that's kind of I just make my just popped in my mind just for a second. I have great faith in Kobe. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please no, no, you're, no, you're, you're fine. You're no, fine. I'm just, I'm just now I, I know they're not going to address the linebacker position. That and and that's the. Uh, so they're going to bring back Cunningham <laughs> and they're going to bring back Nicobe Dean and they're going to those are going to be your starting court linebackers next year. I guess I I guess so, man. That sounds terrible when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. I just they, <clears throat> they made Nicole, a point of that. Nicobe Dean. Hasn't even proven he can stay healthy yet. <clears throat> Come on, man. Haven't even proved he's he's he, he can stay healthy. You know, like that's like like that that's my biggest thing, man. That's my biggest thing. Shout out to our guy Steven. I appreciate you, Steven. Um, this is an interesting take. I like Steven. Um, he says, Tone, uh, you don't even know what you have, what you have in Jalen. Each year has been different. Which yep. Jalen are you are you invested in? My Good retort point. my that's a good point, Stephen. I appreciate you, man. Um, my retort to that is um, when I compare Jalen Hurts' um, three respective seasons as a starter, I look at year one. I look at year one and year two as a climb, and then year three is the step back. So I think it's more fair to compare year. I think it's more fair to compare twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three. Rather than say he was this in 2021, he was that in 2022, he was this in 2023. I don't think that's how I don't think that's how it works in, in my mind. For me, what did you rank 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 his seasons 23, 22, and 21? Rank them as far as far rank as just, just one, two, three. Oh well, I mean, obviously 22 is one. Um, I would put I would put I would put 21 as two, and I would put 23 as three because the of turnovers. The, the turnovers and also we didn't really know what we had in him in the first place. So you kind of were kind of flying blind and there was something ex exciting about that. So he's um, played the worst of the three years starting in your opinion this year. Yes. Yes. I feel like he's played. I feel like he's played the worst, the worst he can play. I think here's the thing, right? We, we so talk about last this year was up here tone. This year's over here, right? He's somewhere in the middle there. He has, he has to be somewhere in the middle, right? Is but that also, good enough to win? I'm glad I'm glad you said that because here's the thing. This year, he did not play a good year in terms of turnovers, right? But they still won 11 games somehow. So, totally true. so I kind of I kind of think about it, you know, with Josh Allen. Yeah, all those turnovers, but damn, they still win 10, 11, 12, get 13 games a year. How years the in a row they've won the AFC East. Right. So by that logic, for me, if this is... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 
21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The floor, like, like I've already, I already feel like I know what Jalen Hurts' floor is. And that's wild card. Walker weekend. That's his floor. He's shown that. He's reached his floor two years, two years out of three. And he scratched his ceiling in 2022. But um, you know, I just look at Jalen Hurts as a guy that, you know, year three, we're definitely gonna hold it against him. But I just don't I don't feel like that's exactly all he can be. I just believe Jalen Hurts is a guy uh that can get better. You know, I I, I said this earlier as well. I feel like Jalen Hurts is heavily routine oriented. He seems like the kind of he seems like the, he seems like the kind of player that relies heavily on routine to be successful. I, there's, I think Tom Brady's a routine guy, right? And and typically it's the guys that aren't as talented. Jalen Hurts is not a natural thrower of the football. Um, he's um, he's a dual threat guy. He's not a he 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 doesn't throw a football like a Matthew Stafford. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that athleticism as a as a Lamar Jackson. You know, he's he doesn't do anything exceptionally well. So he has, in my opinion, I feel like Jalen Hurts is more work than talent. He's Russell which Wilson, I, which I respect. He's what Russell Wilson, Seattle Russell Wilson early. Yeah, he's more That's hard work. What I think his ceiling is. By the way, Russell Wilson's going to Canton. Right. He's more hard work, in my opinion, than talent. And I would take that any day of the week. So I think Jalen Hurts, just you know, despite you know, the things that went down, I look at it like this. A bad year, they won 11 games. Okay, it can only get, it can only get better. Well, it can here, only get better. And Prince, I saw your your super chat. I got it, and I, I, I agree with the people around him. Let me ask you this about Hurts. You ready? Mm-hmm. You think winning 34 or 51 ball games is good or bad? <clears throat> what he's you said winning 34 of 51 51 ball game he's won 34 of 51 ball games in his three years in the regular season he's 34 and 17 mm. <clears throat> it's, it sounds that, that doesn't sound too bad to me i mean you won 34 out of your fit you know, that out, number out sound right he's won 34 of 51 ball games <clears throat> So here we are. Um, he is. I'm counting current, just the last three years, not those other things. Yes, yes, yeah. He's 34 and 17 as a starter. Um, so he's 34. won 34 51 games. Correct. Yeah, and that's in, and that's throughout his entire uh, four year career. So yep, he's 34 and 17. Yep, out of 51 games starting, he's 34 and 17, and that's not a, that's not bad in my opinion. That's a two to one ratio. 
in terms of winning. Not bad. For every for, for, for every two games he wins, he loses one. Here's so, a guy that's not thrown for four grand or 30 touchdowns in any of those years. Right, and hasn't thrown for astronomical passing numbers. But one thing but, I will but say. Know this, Tone. Get this. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson will never throw for four grand in his entire career as a right. Baltimore Raven. I'm kind of shocked he led the NFL in touchdown passes one year with 36. I can't believe yeah. he did that. But he did it with 3,100 yards passing only. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't need to see Jalen Hurts throw for 4,000 yards for me to – and not I'm not saying it's percent 34 and 17, you don't. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so because look, right, watching Lamar Jackson operate in the playoffs just tells me – I feel like – we have um, an unfair You have that lens. formula because he went for 152, two touchdowns, yeah. and he went for 100 rushing. You get that performance out of Hurts on a daily basis and you don't have any turnovers and you get four touchdowns, you're going to fucking right. beat everybody you play. Right, right, because at the end of the day, you know what, and, this, this, and I, and I don't want to get too far off, but this makes me think about the whole disrespect that Cam Newton has been getting because he's analyzing the game that he played for all his life, right? You know, I heard this guy, um, I think his name is McIntyre, Jason McIntyre, whatever. Yeah, Jason McIntyre. I heard him say Dak Prescott had a better year. I mean, I'm sorry, had a better career, has had a better career than Cam Newton ever had. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, huh? And then they put up this stat package that's completely favorable to pure passing quarterbacks. And then... No, Cam Newton had the opportunity Cam to like an MVP and took a team to the Super Bowl. An MVP, a rookie of the year. Name me the wide receiver that was on that team. That's what I'm saying. He he had an old Steve Smith. Okay, old you know I mean? Steve so, Smith. Right. So, but but again, the reason I say that is when it comes and to Ron John Rivera is his coach. Right. And look, and the reason I bring that up is because when it comes to the quarterback position, I feel like sometimes you know people can mischaracterize Jalen Hurts' skill set and what he brings to the table because he's not doing it the way a Joe Burrow does it or a Herbert or a Dak, right, or a Geno. They, they're they pure passing guys from the pocket. Jalen Hurts, his skill set is not that. I would he's, never take Dak Prescott over, over Cam Newton. I would prime never Cam, take in his prime. Prime Cam Newton. Not I'm taking prime Cam Newton over, over prime Dak any not day of the week. Not happening, man. I right. mean, plus you forget the six thousand rushing yards. Exactly, and that was and his all thing. them touchdowns that he has rushing exactly. the ball. I mean, exactly. But, but you know what they did? Know, the problem that the league had with Cam is the problem that they have with Lamar, Jalen, and even to some extent Josh Allen. They don't know how to legislate contact when these guys take off in the perimeter. And mm-hmm. Cam was the first guy to get his face kicked in, and that's why he couldn't raise his arms later in his career because a hit on – remember last year, Carolina? Brady had a sack. They extended the play, and they ended up beating Carolina to get into the playoffs, and it was a normal sack. Cam Newton, he gets obliterated on the sidelines. They don't call a flag on that, and he's mm-hmm. five yards out of bounds. They never knew how to really manage or legislate contact. Now. You could read whatever you want into it because the majority of the mobile quarterbacks are African-American. I don't want to go there, but it just seemed that those guys who – and by the way, anytime you hear this, see, I start with Jalen Hurts as savant. He's a savant. He's smart as hell. He sees the field. He's really good. Does he have to learn how to read defenses? 
Yes, but so did Mahomes. Right. That doesn't stop. Dude, that, like that. How about Mahomes said last year, I'm still learning, man. I came into the league. I had no idea how to read a defense. Well, fuck, if you got the best player in the game saying that, why wouldn't you have one of the top paid guys in the league still saying that? Andy Reid is a coach and he's still he's learning how to read above that. Right. And and that's my only problem with, you know, some people who ride for Hurts, right? Because, you know, I ride for Hurts, but I'm not unrealistic in how I view him or how I view the game. Right? Have constructive criticism about somebody is not ripping them. Right. It's just identifying something that you're watching in one guy. Here's something that I used to say about Brady. Tell you what, you want to get to Tom? Internal blitzing. Because I'll tell you what he struggled with. Tom Brady struggled with Some inside A-gap pressure. Some because Some when he blitzes. can't yep. step up in the pocket, he threw picks. He was not effective. So you know what you had to – if you got Tom from the perimeter and you rushed him from the perimeter, he was great at going – here, 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 Tone, know this in the pocket. Front door, back door, side door, left door. That's what quarterbacks are taught. Do you go through the back door? Do you go, th- you go through the back door, the front door, the side door, or the left door? There's four doors in a pocket, and you have that option. You're taught this. You're taught about the doors in the pocket, where they are, where the pressure's coming from, so that the O-line knows what where you are. Okay, the problem the Eagles had this year was that, get this, Jalen's still figuring out the doors in the pocket because that's not what he does. Right. You know what they were trying to do, Tone, in my opinion? They were trying to help the old line knowing where he was more in the pocket this year, where he was at a, a traditional seven step, and they thought that would help pass protection, which in the end it didn't because you didn't have good enough running backs to pick up the internal blitzes. He struggled with that. The year previous, they rolled them. They moved them. He created passing lanes himself with the RPO. They did so many fundamentally wrong things last year in his development. You know, like I said to you before about about Ben Roethlisberger, Ben wasn't a guy that was going to go vertical up the field and running plays. He could if he had to. But his big asset was moving around and creating passing lanes, moving his head around moving the safety over, moving the linebackers over, because he was smart enough to know that, that he was able to do that. They did no coaching like that for Hurts. Yeah, the guy yeah, that yeah. they get into building oh. this time, Tone, here, here, here's what they have to get when they get somebody in the building for him. You've got to have an innovator Basil, to go Sills, against Basil, his wait. deficiencies. Basils, here's the problem. When they bring that person in, are they going to allow that person to run what they deem is a viable offense for the quarterback, or are they going to be, or is he going to be forced to placate to Nick Sirianni's vision? Or Can Howie's I tell you vision? where the leverage is on them doing the right thing? How okay. we can't go to the owner and say that I fucked up another two hundred million dollar quarterback. That's a good point that we're not talking about enough. Think about talk- that. This will be the second quarterback that he dedicated put- that much. $40 million north of mm-hmm. in a guy who bombed. And you know what yeah. you got to do this time, Howie? You got to make it work. You got to make it work. You've got to make it work because, hey, Tone, how, how many coaches are you going to fire with winning records? How many quarterbacks are you going to give 45 to $50 million to? How many of those guys, before the owner goes like this, 
we can't develop quarterbacks. So is it fair to say everything that's been happening, is it necessary for us to get to this point with Harry Roseman? Like, follow me here, right? Like you said, he can't afford to bring in another head coach. He can't afford. And he can't afford to not to pay another quarterback. He can't afford to miss on Jalen Hurts being the guy after giving him a quarter billion the dollars. The month. So there's so many things Harry Roseman has been afforded over the past several years that he cannot afford to happen again because people do not survive those things. Let me tell people you what happened. Happened. Now that okay. I see the way this thing played out, I really do believe after the Super Bowl and both those coaches got head coaching jobs, I think they really did loosen the purse strings up now. Oh, wait a minute. The control strings up on Nick. And that's why the inexperienced coordinators were hired. Why? Nick would have more say over inexperience along with Howie and the owner. You have more say on direction. Now what they're going to do is they're going to bring in former NFL head coaches. What? Ha- watch this, Tone. You bring in a former offensive coordinator that's a former NFL head coach who's got experience in dealing with owners. All of a sudden, here's here here here's Nick's room. Oh, you bring off you bring an experienced guy in like Frank. Okay, over here you got a defensive guy. You bring in a Vic Fangio or you bring in a Wick Martindale or a, or Leslie Frazier. Another all guys with former head coaching except for Wink. You all of a sudden put Nick in this box here. And what you have is he's in a smaller box with control because a guy like Leslie Frazier, Hoss, you ain't picking his assistants. Right. Okay? You might with Frank because Frank's going to work with Nick because all those guys are kind of thick as these. Yeah, they're kind of tight, yeah. But with Leslie Frazier, Wink Martindale, Rob, Ron Rivera, those guys, dude, they're going to pick their people to run their scheme. So what you do is you take the control a little bit away from the front office. And so get do you – well, so you think so? Well, so you think Nick had? Well, so do you think Nick had more control yes. over his staff in twenty twenty three versus Nick had more? I think Nick and them had more say over the culture in the building, which he has been touting about now. And I also think this is why you see a lot of missteps this past year: the hiring of the inexperienced coordinators, the moving around of Matt Patricia. What See, I thought that was a front office thing. Is that Nick is also learning how to be a head coach on the job? Oh, okay. See, because I know when we when doesn't we discussed it look it, that way. You know, it's interesting because I know when we discussed it, we always talked about the idea of they like to have coaches in the building that don't have as much experience because it gives them leeway in terms of control. But in this case, you know, we're you know we're assuming that Nick actually made these decisions to bring these guys in. And now they're looking at it like, okay, we, we gave you a chance. You, you you picked the wrong guys. Now we're going to go our own way. So, so do you think, Ooh, okay. So do you think if Nick was, was the, was the, uh, the decider in terms of Sean Desai and Brian Johnson coming, coming in, right? If he I, was I the first, that. I think they all three were, I think they were all in cahoots together. Well, let me ask you this then. Do you think Harry Roseman hedged his hedged his bet or looked at it like this? Well, okay, Nick, if I'm giving you more control over this defense staff, I'm going to send in my double agent and Matt That's Patricia. That's right. Do you, how do you we, think that, 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 how, that how was? That's what that was? How we sent in his own fly on the wall. Yep. That's what he did. He yep. sent in his own fly on the wall. I wouldn't be he surprised. Right. And again, remember, people, this is an opinion show. 
Not a fact-based show. We're having fun here. Is it fair to say? Well, because people don't Matt want to Patricia, look at really what happened. I mean, we're talking about what happened here, actually. Right. We're not talking. About, and what we're trying to look at is, you see, the problem. We're trying to like look at every feasible outcome. We're trying to look at how every feasible this? way. This is how we got here. That the Eagles love to do is hide who's in control. When everyone knows who's in control. Okay. I don't know why that's important that you have to hide when you're hiding and trying to hide that. Are you hiding it from the players too? That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, are you, I mean, if you can't be honest with your players on a Tuesday, when you say you have all the people in the building and then on Wednesday, you're firing the side. How am I to believe and sit here to believe that the players don't know or have trouble knowing who's in control. How many times did we hear players doing this this year? Hey, I'm told what to do. Hey, having two coordinators is like having two wives. And you're it's sitting there listening to it's all code. that. It's all code. It's all code. Exactly. It's all code, exactly. dude. Yep. So, look, that press conference, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it back. I'm going to watch it back because I'm curious to see how it actually went in full because I was able to catch clips. But overall... Do me a favor. Yeah. While I'm talking to Farz Farzi coming up here in a couple minutes, mm -hmm. get a couple. You know, send me a couple like tidbits from oh, that what thing. I, you what can I'll do it, um, while you're watching it, because um, to me, the stuff that I watched, I was laughing the entire time. I I just I thought it was like something out of Saturday Night Live. They were like skits. Yeah, for me, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to find um, the quotes, like the transcripts, and send it that way. So so it can be read. Cause um yeah, the last thing I want is for us to get pulled off YouTube. You know how that goes. So yeah, no, yeah, no, what no. I'll do is um, I, I, I can um good. I'll uh what I'll do is I'll send it to you on Twitter. I'll do it like that, make it easy. Hey, how about and this? I'll, yeah, but how about this? Up. Ready? Nicobe Dean starting Mike linebacker, Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Zach Cunningham starting at at Sam linebacker. You guys were talking shit today about upgrading the backer position. There you go. Hey, man, you got to feel like a squeezy sponge right now. Oh, After, my wait God. a minute. I hope how he and, and I love Rob to death. I think he does a spectacular show. And Rob's going, my question would be if they're going to upgrade. Hey, Rob, they just upgraded to Zach Cunningham and Kobe Dean. <laughs> I know, I know Rob was watching that press conference like, what the hell? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Tone. Let oh, me man. take a time out here, man. I yes, sir, man. You, as that always, really it's fun, man. Thank you so much, man. We missed you a lot. I'm glad you're back. Yes, sir. All good, my friend. Whew. Man, what an absolute nightmare. Okay, we're going to take a time out here. Mark Farzad is going to join us. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Mark Farzetta is going to join us. You know, one thing real quick on the the Baseball Hall of Fame stuff. I saw a bunch of nobodies go into the Hall of Fame. I think Adrian Beltre is pretty good. Todd Helton. <laughs> when you don't have a Hall of Fame with Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Pete Rose, and Shoeless Joe, you don't have a Hall of Fame. You have a political Hall of Fame. In politics, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke when you don't have guys like Bonds in. And you have racists in. You have murderers in. You have a World Series that was fixed. There's no asterisk on it. But you eliminate the players. There was no drug test for Bonds. They did not have a steroid test during the time Barry Bonds played. Why are you holding him out? Are you a doctor? He was never convicted of anything except obstruction. And you know what Bonds did? He served his 20 days in his mansion at home in San Francisco. So what's your leg to stand on to keep him out? You have no proof. You have no evidence. He's never been convicted. But you're a doctor. I doubt most of those writers that have that vote have college degrees. Where in the world would you come off with that? That you would empower yourself to do something like that. Before I bring Farset on, I want to I finish this topic and talk here a little bit with, with Bonds. Where do the baseball writers who most of those guys don't have college educations have the right when the guy was never convicted the guy was under house arrest for obstruction in his mansion. 
They didn't have a drug test at the time for amphetamines and anabolic steroids or performance-enhancing drugs. That didn't come in until 20, 2007. Where in the world do you have a right to keep someone like Bonds, Rose, now gambling's part of baseball, shilling because of his politics, and Clemens, who took heart medicine, and that's known as a masker for anabolic steroids. And none of these men have ever been. And Shoeless Joe in that World Series back in the day hit 357 in that Black Sox scandal. 357? I don't know. Does that sound like throwing ball games? That was his career batting average. I think he had 480 in it. These baseball riders are full of shit. They're just full of shit. But then again, people like making themselves bigger than what it was. And I'm really glad, by the way, before Farzi, I'm going to bring you on here in a minute. By the way, I go over to my Twitter page and I 100% stand behind Barrett Brooks because all I ever heard all year long was backtracking and bullshit out of the no care center. That's all I heard. No one's standing up for anyone and no one's saying anything. And for Cubby to go on my Twitter page and for him to defend himself, that's one thing. I, I kind of stay in the middle of this. And for the record, I never said it. Barrett said it. Does Barrett Brooks come off as a liar to you? All right. I got to start this off with my guy, Mark Farzetta here. Hey, Farzi, if you're ready for this, man, that press conference today, I call it, let's bring Mark Farzetta up here. Um, I call it a fireside chop. <laughs> Wait, far, far side, far side. It's a fireside chat, you know. Oh, where, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah, sure. Like yeah. a little fireside yeah. chat, you have a little cocoa, and you know you're roasting marshmallows. Oh, not not FDR fireside chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, just okay. sitting around and. But when I heard the fabulous words, I have great faith in the Kobe Dean. That's what I went. Wait a minute. We may get more out of this thing. <sighs> I'm not, I, again, I'm notorious for polluting a question and making your honor a leading question. Farzi, your takeaway from the fireside chat today at the Novacare Center. <laughs> wow. You know, just first off, as a big history fan, phenomenal pull by you, my friend. Um, second, I did not expect to go down FDR road today. But anyway, uh, it's horrifying. There's a horrifying press. I just watched it all. My, my number one takeaway is that Nick Sirianni, has less power than he has ever had. And that is a horrifying, horrifying thought to think about your the head coach of your football team. The, Nick Sirianni that took over, or that became the head coach of the football team. He was an offensive-minded head coach, young head coach, obviously, right? He was going to call plays. He was going to be your head coach and all that stuff. And now he doesn't call plays. He hasn't called plays now for two uh, offense coordinators. It'll be three offense coordinators where he doesn't call plays. They call plays. Um, and now it seems like he's really doesn't have anything to do. They literally asked him today. And I think it was Tim McManus. This was a real question at a real press conference. This was not a Saturday night, Saturday night live bit that popped up at the Novacare complex. Real question. If your offensive coordinator is going to handle your offense and your defensive coordinator is going to handle your defense, what is your role? Sills, a, a head coach in the NFL got asked the question, what is it you say you do here? 
Yeah, and what's he, your job? Did he, and he repeated his job title. He said, I, I, my job is to be the head football coach. And, you know, maybe I'll sit in on a defensive meeting. Maybe I'll sit in on an offensive meeting. Maybe I'll sit in on a, And he goes all over the place. And I'm like, dude, just all you have to say, this isn't difficult. All you have to say is, well, my role doesn't change. I'm still the head coach of this football team. I still do the game planning. I, I still implement the system we're going to do. He didn't say any of that. He went down the avenue of the core values of holding people accountable and, and all that stuff and keeping the chemistry in the room up. Oh, my God. If you're the person that yells and screams every Sunday about Nick Sirianni just being a cheerleader, he just gave you a hell of a lot more fodder for that argument. This press conference makes me feel absolutely drained of confidence that this football team is going to figure it out with him as a head coach. He is going to be a liability more than he is going to be anybody that helps this team win football games in the future. And the, the news leaking out about Vic Fangio most likely now signing with the Eagles to be the defensive coordinator only leads me down that path even further. How about this? When he says, think about what the things that happened this year. When he says that, I really don't have any control over the defense, the offense, or special teams. I have control, and I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. Got to watch out with paraphrasing because we have English majors that watch the program now. So I'm going to be careful now because paraphrasing seems to be a big deal here now. <laughs> so um, I want all of a sudden now, it's like I'm in charge of the culture. Well, dude, the culture went to shit at the end. Did you make that hire fire with the sigh? At the beginning of the week, you were not covering. You were talking about when I, I think it was Silski who asked the question. He goes like this. Are you making any changes to coordinator? Absolutely not. We have every belief with everybody yeah. we have. And three days later, you're both face lying like you did about the Seattle situation. I'm like, it's exhausting, Mark. Mm -hmm. This yeah. whole year has been. Is this been more exhausting than what you've seen after 17? Has this been more of a shit show? After seven, oh, you mean like the end of the Chip Kelly era? No, the end of the um, Doug Peterson era. Oh, 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 oh. Um, yes, because with with Doug, Doug had the flex of I have a Super Bowl championship on my resume. I can go wherever the hell I want. You go to hell. That to me was more intriguing than Nick Sirianni being neutered by the franchise. So to say that this is more messed up, I think is absolutely 100% accurate. I, I, With this team as it is together right now, and you don't know who your offensive coordinator is going to be, you kind of know right now who the Eagles are going after. I mean, he's, Vic Fangio's not letting himself the, – the Dolphins aren't letting him out of a, out of a deal unless he knows he's going to end up somewhere else, and that's exactly what's happening right now. he's the highest paid D.C. in the league right now. Yeah, and, and, and how about this? The, the biggest attraction – that he has to your organization is not your organization. It's the geographical location of your organization to his family. That that's not a bragging right. Oh, really? we got Vic Fangio here. You know what I mean? No, you're just close to his family. Like, I'm from Upper Marlboro. Good uh, God, man. The job is not a reason to take the job, Mark. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, so to answer your question, uh, I feel horrible about where this franchise is right now, and I feel a lot more horrible about it than when Doug Peterson moved on. Although I will say this, I did feel bad when Doug moved on because I knew it was a power struggle again. And ever since the, ever since it wasn't much of a power struggle with Jeffrey Lurie. Jeffrey Lurie just said, "Okay, you know, I'm going to trust the head coach. You know, he's the football guy." And I give, I in a, in a way, I give Lurie credit for that. Like, let me trust the football coach I hired. That couldn't have gone worse with Chip Kelly, and now Chip Kelly has ruined it for the foreseeable future for any head coach that comes in to be the head coach of this football team under Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. 
I mean, you know, you know, and I, I, listen, I love the passion that you guys have. I'm talking your your fan base, the Eagle fans. But I'm doing I'm I'm a dude that doesn't I don't I don't put my passion into anything. I don't give a shit about Jalen Hurts. I care he gets better. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about Nick. I care they get better and the Eagles get better. That's all I care about. I don't put emotion into it. But to sit here and say that anyone thinks with new coordinators that are going to be brought in, that you're fixing Jalen Hurts and that you're fixing the ills of this, when they're admitting it today at their press conference, that get this, they passed and deflected today, Mark. They deflected, okay, coordinators weren't right. We'll fix it. Okay, Hurts had issues. Okay, we'll hire. We'll fix it. Not to take accountability for you making those calls and bringing, as long as Nick Sirianni's in that building, nothing will be fixed. Um, yeah, um, that's well said. I, I don't know what how to respond to that. I mean, I think that's the way this passionate fan base that you just talked about. How I think long did it take you to get there, though, with him? Uh, as long as he was, um, it, it took me that Giants game at the end of the season. In all honesty, because this the report was before that game, Nick Sirianni had a rah-rah speech and told everyone how important the game was and how they got to get right before they get into the playoffs. And they absolutely laid an egg. And they even like the, the, the commanders and in, in, in Cowboys game was close, you know, in, in the first half. And the Eagles still played like that. They came out playing like that. And then they came out and played in the playoffs the way they played. Nine point nine points. That is Utterly embarrassing for an offensive-minded head coach uh, supposedly trying to instill confidence in his offense, and they could do none of it? I mean, that's really when it started. And then watching this press conference today, 35 minutes this press conference was, watching it today, it's it's just like rudderless ship comes to mind. Uh, Nick Sirianni is still here simply because he knows how to stay in his lane. The Eagles know, Howie Roseman knows, Jeffrey Lurie knows with Nick Sirianni, no coordinator is going to be overruling them. The only one with a chance at overruling them is is the head coach, but Nick's not going to do that. He knows his lane. He likes being a head football coach in the NFL, so he is going to mind his P's and Q's with this offense while other people come in here to really run the show. Like, you're you're a supervisor. You're a hall monitor. You're a a bus safety at this point. Like, that's not – that's awful. You don't want to look at your head coach, and I've talked about this with you before. You don't want to look at your head coach as if he is far down the list of – employee numbers no, for the franchise annoying. you want to be you want to look at him as if he is a boss yeah and i can't look at nick sirianni like that he was literally asked the question what do you do and he's like well core values i'm like that's not an an oh core damn it values? that's a lawyer's <laughs> answer that is a lawyer's answer yeah yeah it's, and it's it's wild to me because the other thing that came that, that really jumped in my mind today when i was watching it was when matt patricia took over the eagles office and by the way to your point earlier howie roseman said that nick came to him to make the change from decide. Oh and my, my God. My thought was, I don't believe you. All right. But anyway, uh, Matt Patricia, when he took over the Eagles defense, he said, this isn't my defense. This isn't Sean Desai's defense. This is the Philadelphia Eagles defense. All right. That's supposed to hint at the idea of things being extremely collaborative. We found out later that really wasn't the case. I found it very interesting that when Nick Sirianni was asked about what the offense is going to look like, he said, well, the new coordinator is going to bring in fresh ideas. The offense got stale last year, and this isn't going to be my offense. This isn't going to be the new coordinator's offense. This is going to be the Eagles' offense. And I'm like, then even more so, what the hell do you do here? <laughs> like, 
I thought part of the reason that you were here is to run the offense. If it's if it's not calling plays, it was supposed to be game planning. If you go back to two years ago, before the season, Nick Sirianni came out and addressed the media and said, yeah, you know, we, we did this a lot last year, but I just want to, you know, Shane Steichen's going to call the plays. I'm going to do the game plan throughout the week, install the game plan, what we want to attack, what we want to do. We're going to be involved in the first 15. And then, you know, Shane Steichen's going to be calling the plays. You just answer the, if you answer the question like that today, if Nick Sirianni does that, I'm like, okay, so maybe he's still going to have heavy influence, which doesn't make me feel great either. But at least he, he has a job. At least he has a role in how this offense is going to function. This just seems like, again, he's a hall monitor, bus safety. It's just going to be overseeing the whole thing and making sure that those coordinators stay one step away from the general manager and the owner of this football team. Do you know what and how bad the optics are for that fireside chat? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a point to you here. Why in the world does a head coach have to have general manager babysitting him in case he says something fucked up that they have to like counter? And so how he can take the interview over because Sirianni is, in my opinion, he's clumsy behind the mic. Mm -hmm. I think he's clumsy and I think he says stupid shit. And I think he over explains too much. Wherein, as you're a head coach, you're one thing, Mark, you're a problem solver. That's all you're hired for. When you're really not a guy who's a play caller, you're a problem solver. So for the, having the general manager babysit you so you don't say anything wrong, you know what that message says to a locker room? Well, he's not in charge. Yeah. Without even saying anything, Mark. Mm -hmm. I said, when we were doing the post-game show, um, Seth Joyner and I went back and forth on this a little bit. And it's, it's a horrible message because if you're a player, you want to, again, look at your coach as if he's in charge, as if he is the boss. When upper management, and I still believe upper management made the call with Sean Desai, it sent a, a horrendous message first to your defense that, hey, we were, we're 10 and 3. We were 10 and 1. We were 10 and 3 in spite of your dumbasses on the defensive side of the ball. That's the kind of message it sends. We're here in spite of how you guys have played. We've had to carry your ass. That's what it sends. That's the message it sends. It also sends the message that the head coach isn't running the show. If 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 the if the locker room, which is Son Reddick said, the higher ups made the decision. If the locker room is looking at it as, oh wow, okay, so who's really running the show? The guy in the office, the other guy in the office, those those guys running the show, not the guys that are here coaching this team with the players every day. Those are the guys really running the ship. They weren't. From what it sounds like, they weren't even consulted about making the change. Like, how is Jeffrey Lurie, how is Howie Roseman, how are they going to know the impact it's going to have unless you talk to your team leaders, your captains? How, how? I mean, one thing I give Doug Peterson a ton of credit for, he had a phenomenal relationship with his leadership committee. I mean, people forget Doug Peterson came out and openly questioned his player's heart after a game against Cincinnati, which a game Carson Wentz, I think, threw the football 60 times in, and he questioned the team's heart. He then has the heart-to-heart. With his, uh, with his team, with his team leaders, and then they're able to rebound, and next year they win a Super Bowl. The following year they win a Super Bowl. Where is it, if it's not going to be between Nick Sirianni and his players, if that meeting's not going to happen, then it has to happen between Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie and some of the team captains, some of the team leaders. Apparently that never happened, because if there was one thing this locker room was honest about at the end of the season was how messed up it was to go from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia with four games left in the season, and you're 10-3. and three. They over, they underestimated and undervalued the the idea of that major change going into the last four games of the season. I I I one hundred percent agree that that upset 
the locker room dynamic there with that. I just, I mean, I look at that and I think that that was the thing that upset the culture that he said that's his responsibility over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the culture of the locker room. Well, Nick, you failed. You failed at that and you failed at the inexperienced hirings. How are you in the building? It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I mean, Mark, everything that he talked about that was his job description, you could have hung an F on his report card with. <laughs> yeah, it, in a pass-fail world, a thousand percent. And, and like, you're that, you not know, graded on a bell curve in the NFL when you're right. a head coach. Mm -hmm. You said something really interesting, and, and I want to make sure people know this. When Nick was asked the question, what is it you do here? which is more or less the question, what's your role? A head coach in the NFL was asked, what's your role? When he's asked that question, he gave that answer where he, you know, some semblance of, a, of an answer would have been nice. You know what I mean? Howie Roseman jumped in after that and goes, hey, hey guys, let me, let, me, let, let, let me take a question here. And to your point, I took it the same way you did. That's I Howie. Did. That's where I got it. Swooping in, going, what did it, hold on, don't look over there. Look over here, everybody. What, what questions do you have for me? I'm here too. And that never happens. Usually when it's a joint press conference between Howie and Nick, Nick is there. You know, he has a nice hoodie on, you know, something like that, something new from the pro shop. Uh, and then Howie's getting all the questions. A lot of the questions to start this thing off were directed at Nick Sirianni. Howie opened it up and then Nick took it over. A lot of questions were thrown his way. And then Howie interjected because I think Howie was looking for Nick to say something similar that he said a year ago when Shane Steichen was officially taking over play calling which is, I still do the game plan, I still do this. Instead, Nick's talking about sitting in defensive meetings. Nobody wants, you think Vic Fangio was rolling out a red carpet now for Nick Sirianni to be sitting in his meetings? I don't think so. Yeah, you think Leslie Frazier's going to be going, Nick, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, hey, you know what? I, I had a conversation last night with Chris Long, and Chris Long brought something up to me. Mm. He, he, he goes like this. Let me tell you the problem what happened with Sirianni. Most of these really great coaches in the league right now are play calling head coaches. And what they are is they're insulating their organizations from the pilferaging of coordinators that come in like an Andy Reed or like, look at Zach Taylor. They just took the OC named them. Well, Zach Taylor really calls the plays. Kyle Shanahan calls the plays. Uh, McVay calls the plays. Mm -hmm. When they took that, and this was Chris's take, when they took that, play calling duties away from him or however, however you want to, because we still don't know they fight the um, who's in charge kind of conversation in mm -hmm. that building. But I mean, when they took that away, do you think that crippled his ability to be the head coach there when it came to players trusting what they're going to do game planning that, you know, if he doesn't have a job in play calling, which is supposed to be a forte of his and how he got the job, doesn't that really dent? And it's just a matter of time before he's fired because he doesn't really have a gig, Mark. Yeah. Mark, if he's not involved in play calling and he was hired under that premise and he was a play caller, doesn't that hurt how you got the job in the first? It's like false advertisement. Yeah. It's, think about the value. That's Chris's take and how it, this is not going to end well. First off, Chris, Chris Long is one of my favorite people I've ever covered in, in, in sports in general. The guy's awesome. Second, this 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 team they want to have confidence that not only they have someone right now that is going to put them in the right position to make a play but make that play consistently not only do they have that right now but they have that for the foreseeable future and when your head coach ain't that guy 
That only means your offensive coordinator, if he does a good job as a play caller, your defensive coordinator does a good job as a play caller, they're going to move elsewhere. They're going to get plucked, to use your word, and go to another organization, and they're going to help that organization win football games. And then what are you left doing? You're left finding yet another offensive coordinator, yet another offensive play caller for your quarterback that you just guaranteed $110 million to with a ceiling of 250. So that's not exactly the greatest idea in the world. I'll go ahead and classify that as a horrible corporate structure to break it down for the business people in the audience. But yet that's what the Eagles are relying on. Now, why are they relying on it? Because Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie want to maintain the their status and their station when it comes to the importance, not just of the organization, but game day responsibilities. So whatever, whoever comes in as a head coach, play caller, whatever, whoever's coming in has to understand that there's going to be heavy influence from the people in the offices above them. And I don't think everybody is comfortable with that. But Nick Sirianni is for whatever reason. I want you to be very careful when you answer this question because Ooh. our friend Barrett Brooks uh -oh. took a beating yesterday. For that answering. bastard. That bastard Barrett Brooks. That hooligan. He, 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 he <laughs> took a beating. I gave him a chance, too. I gave, I, you know. Some go like this, Sills. I mean, you know, I, I listen. No, I was kind of shocked. But there's been some, there was a story out there that I read with Joe. And you're, the way, how about this? The body language of Hurts, I hated in the Tampa game, the New York game, and to some extent, even the Arizona game. There was just not very good leadership, body mm -hmm. language or bedside manner, whatever you want. And by the way, he's a young player. He's developing leadership still, in my opinion, how to handle himself. So, look, I don't want to go too psycho without getting your take on it, but do you think there's something to – and, again, this is not a Wentz situation, but do you think there's some – not character issues, leadership issues with Jalen Hurts? Yes. <laughs> is, is that the question? Is that the question? Yeah. Hell yeah. And I'm gonna I'll tell I'm gonna I'm gonna break I'm gonna break a rule here of journalism. I'm gonna tell you my source. My source for Jalen Hurts needing to improve upon leadership, his leadership is Jalen Hurts. There's my source. He said it at his locker, and everyone wants to make a big deal out. He's fine, he's great. That's just media slander. Jalen Hurts literally told you in his locker he needs to improve upon his leadership abilities. And guess what? He's a young guy. Some people doesn't come naturally to, and that's somebody that I think. We'll learn it. Look, if I could if I could watch Jalen Hurts improve on his football skills from his first year as a starter to his second and be an MVP caliber quarterback that goes to a Super Bowl, then I think he can improve it upon other skills as well. And that's one skill is leadership. The, the one telling thing that I did find very interesting, and this is from Joe Santa Laquita's article. I didn't even think about it. But it has nothing to do with sideline body, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, body language or anything like that or how he was carrying himself. And, I, and I, I try not to read too much into it because I don't like to play detective in, in that way. But I could understand why people would. I mean, I, I was able to watch this Sunday's past games with a buddy of mine. I never get to do that. We never get to do that. And he was talking about, like, Baker Mayfield on the sidelines, you know, talking to, his, talking to players. Like, I, yeah, you don't really see that much from Jalen Hurts unless it's a heated thing. Uh, which is unfortunate, but that's mostly when we see. He's it. not a verbal quarterback, like right, that. right. But the play, the, the thing that was really interesting that uh, Joe Sanchez pointed out, and I didn't even think about it, was when in the Giants game, I forget who it was. I think it was the linebacker. One linebacker jumped over when they were about to run a tush push, and they they hit Jalen Hurts, and the the play was called dead because it was a uh, encroachment, and nobody jumped to Jalen Hurts' aid. 
if that's you, funny you bring that up because you didn't i don't know you didn't watch the interview yesterday but barrett broke that up okay yeah okay and barrett goes usually melodic gets his back yeah i mean the, the classic thing i mean I know that I remember the name Chris Baker from the Washington Redskins at the time. I remember that name because he cracked Nick Foles following the 27 and two season from Nick Foles. And then out of nowhere, you see Jason Peters come down and just truck Chris Baker. Nobody like you usually defend the quarterback. Nobody did that for Jalen Hurts. And I thought that was a very odd thing. Now, does that mean now look, I in no way, shape or form. Like I will, I read the Wentz story from Joe five years ago and went, we're doomed. This is terrible. And then I read this story from Jalen Hurts, and I said, all right, this sucks, but I think it's fixable. Like, I, I, I took it as constructive criticism. I didn't take it as yeah. something that was a hit piece. Yeah. See, some people, you know, nowadays, Mark, if you're constructively uh, being critical of something, that means you're an automatic hater today for whatever reason. And I think lamestream media <laughs> has somehow pigeonholed many of us that say something about, like, again, here's a team that's won 25 football games. I mean, it could be worse. You could be the Cardinals. So, I mean, it's, it's 25 wins. But I think the most disappointing thing this year about this Eagle team was that it was self-imploded. And yeah. it was self, it was like self-inflicted wounds that they did on each other inside the locker room, in the front office, and in the coaching staff. Do you agree, Mark? They won 11 games in spite of poor management decisions and poor coaching. Yeah, absolutely. I think we went through it. I think the last time you and I spoke, this team was dangerously close to a six and 11 team, a seven and 10 team. I mean, I broke it down for you. You talk about like weird things like Reed Blankenship's forearm being under um, uh, Terry McLaurin's uh, foot where McLaurin was out of bounds when they, when the, when the one Washington was marching down the field to, to go up in that game late in that game. You talk about a wide receiver breaking the wrong way in Buffalo. They would have had a walk-off touchdown in overtime. Not to mention that, what, 59-yard field goal from Jake Elliott. But there's so many different things that that aren't like just, oh, well, that happens in football. It was like oddly – it was like strange things that happened that helped the Eagles get to that 10-1 and mark before they obviously dropped to 10-3 and and then obviously only winning 11 games over on the season, having the worst breakdown since the New York Jets in 1986 at the end of a season. So, yes, they were put in very – fortunate and favorable situations to come out with those 11 wins and could have easily been the six and 11 or seven and 10 team this season. That seems like with the way they played the the last six, seven games of the season, that seems a lot more fitting to the type of team that they were, unfortunately. And yes, you look at the front office, they absolutely put them in this position. They swung, look, they bring in a guy who's only been a defensive coordinator once. And that's Sean Desai. They bring in Brian Johnson. Unbelievable. They just, this in Eagles history, I've seen some pretty arrogant, we've all seen some pretty arrogant philosophy from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Going back to Andy Reid not needing a number one wide receiver and all that stuff. But this year really ranks up there when you talk about arrogance. They, They thought they had this quarterback, this MVP caliber quarterback, they thought they had a, a great defensive line, and they did for a lot of the season before it really tailed off at the end of the season, like everything else did. And they thought we could go out there and win. And look, we'll make these inexperienced coaching changes at offensive and defensive coordinator, and we'll be fine. We got we'll be fine. We'll be fine. All is fine. All is well. All is great. And boy, did that blow up in their face as the season ended. Mark, don't a couple last questions for you. Don't you think, Mark, that the guy that they have to hire for Hertz and for the offense and I don't know what that name looks like, 
Is it Frank? Is it experience? Don't you think it has to be someone like this? He's got to be an innovator, and he's got to do something that Shane Steichen did. Shane Steichen, I think, coached Jalen Hurts' inefficiencies, the reading of defenses, the, the blitz issues. And that's why the RPO was more involved with him. Look at what, look at how Anthony Richardson was playing early before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And he's got to learn to protect himself a little more. And that'll, and I think Shane will, will help him. But I thought Richardson and CJ Stroud were going to be the two quarterbacks that are going to fight out which guys were going to be the better rookie quarterbacks. And I was kind of shocked because Richardson wasn't that hot as a completion guy in Florida at around 51%. I'm like, wow, this guy looks pretty freaking good. Steichen, no, I was taken by how well of a coach he is and a play caller. I was, I would, I, I underestimated him in Philly because he is a really good coach on coaching around a player's problem. you got to find a guy like that, Mark. I don't know if you find him as a traditional um, offensive guy. Is it a guy like Cliff Kingsbury who knew how to coach Kyler Murray and uh, Patrick Mahomes? Now, the big comeback with that be is, well, what do you win with those guys? Right. He was under 500 with Mahomes at Texas Tech, and look what he did with um, – you're putting study hall – like per diems and amendments and a guy's contract. So, I mean, what kind of guy do you think they have to bring in for him? Uh, innovator. Absolutely. They have to, they have to bring in somebody and, and all, I think about John D. Filippo a lot. Like I think about when I think about Carson Wentz and how things really started to hit the fan when John D. Filippo wasn't there anymore. Cause he was the guy to say, I don't give a damn if you were the second overall pick, like you got it. This is time to be a pro. And that was the type of guy he was as a motivator and a coach, as a quarterback's coach for Carson Wentz. They need that type of guy, I think, with Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts wants to be coached hard, I don't think the message can just come from Nick Sirianni anymore if Nick Sirianni is the guy that's uh, not calling the plays. That message has to come from the guy calling the plays. And I don't think Brian Johnson had that type of authority as a guy that's known Jalen Hurts, again, since he was four years old. And we've all made a lot of that story. But they need to to bring somebody who absolutely is an innovator and will help Jalen Hurts have confidence in the play that's called. Now, I am all for a quarterback getting to the line, seeing something and going, okay, no, this isn't it. They're doing something different and changing the play. You're making, you're the guy on the field making the play. You should have that right to do it. But how about giving him something in that moment where he knows he can work with it, whether that's a hot route that can be audible to, whether or not that's a change of the play that is going to allow him to have a short route there to hit, uh, a drag route, whether it's going to be a throw out of the backfield. Not something where I see the blitz coming. It's like, all right, legs, let's make a play. No, you're going to need help from an offensive co- an offensive coordinator. And that wasn't there this year for whatever reason, whether or not Jalen Hurts had too much freedom, whether or not he wasn't coached well enough. I think it's a combination of it all. But whoever comes in better come in with answers because one thing I've realized from this past season and the way it ended, Nick Sirianni does not ha- have those answers. And the Eagles are about to hire somebody that hopefully has those answers. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to end it with this and I may have to add on to this question here, but, and I heard that um, without saying our name, that Howie took a shot at big sales, but that's okay. You know, I'm used to, I'm, I'm used to those kind of things here because we're being constructively criticism. And by the way, I'm not a journalist. Okay. What? I, I'm what? Not, <laughs> this just in, right, Mark? Mark knows my history. I am not a journalist, folks. I went to school for journalism, but I am not a journalist. This is an opinion show. Either you know that or you don't. I don't pretend to be a journalist here. 
Okay. And I never have. I'm not. Okay. That being said, Mark, Howie Roseman's accountability, and I'm going to throw this at you here and I'm going to add into it. Like I said, can this guy afford another fuck up of paying a guy 45 million and more money when it came to Wentz's screw up in development? And now you have another guy here. How do you consistently go to your owner going like this? The most important position, we're getting five-year windows out of these guys, and we're paying $400 million, and I can't get it right. Doesn't this now put him also on a hot? I mean, he can't be the only one not on a hot seat here. Uh, Teflon. Teflon. Howie Roseman is Teflon. How can you justify almost a half a billion dollars in money and you didn't get 10 years out of those guys? Um, If you're Jeffrey Lurie. That's because he's a gator. (laughs) I made the comparison of Ed Snyder and Bobby Clark. And that's not not praise. That's not comfort. (laughs) That's criticism. Um. If you're Jeffrey Lurie, you told Howie Roseman to go in the broom closet. You gave all the trust to to Chip Kelly. That went ass up. So then you brought Howie Roseman back. And two years later, he won you your first and only Super Bowl. And And then with a different head coach and a different quarterback, you found yourself back in the Super Bowl. This guy is Teflon. As long as Howie Roseman wants to be here, Howie Roseman will be here. The only thing that might offset that is maybe a few years down the line. Where Jalen Hurts, yes, has failed, and Nick Sirianni has failed, and these coordinator hires have failed. Maybe then, and only then, will you see a change in management when it comes to how the Philadelphia Eagles are run under Jeffrey Lurie. But that, look, I think the Eagles, with all this being said, I think Jalen Hurts can have a bounce back year. I think that taking more power away from Nick Sirianni, as much as aesthetically it's not pleasing, where your head coach isn't in charge, the Eagles are going to try to run an end around essentially when it comes to the head coach and have your coordinators be the head coach of the offense and the head coach of the defense. And Nick Sirianni is there to say, Hey, good job, everybody. Uh, that might not be a bad thing overall. It's uh bass backwards. As far as I'm concerned, when it comes to how you should run a football team, my grandpa but I think would be proud of you. Yes. Oh, do you like that phrase? Oh, I do. That's one of my grandpa's favorite. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I think, I think all in all, Things are going to end well, basically, because I think you still have a very talented quarterback. I think you're going to have an offensive line that's going to come back. And you got great weapons on this offense. The running back position is still a huge question mark. But as far as I'm concerned, it's your only real question mark on the offense. I think, by the way, I do think Jason Kelsey's coming back. I don't think he's retiring. Okay. Uh, so I'm I think sorry, your offense will look pretty I'm damn sorry. great. I'm sorry I have two more questions in. Okay, now I have two more. Fire away. So, who, is, who is Jalen Hurts? 2021? 2022? Or 2023? Because if you're going to rank them, 22 is one. 21 is better than 23 because of the turnovers. Mm. I mean, okay, this guy was second in the league in turnovers. Yeah. He lost six or seven at the end. You were going in a good direction at the end of that 21 season because you got yourself in the postseason after a two and five start. So you were trending up in 21. In 23, you were trending down. That's why I think that 21 season is better than the 23 season. So who is he, Mark? I mean, you're 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 saying that he's gonna be better than what? 22? Better than 23 yeah, or this 21? Year. 23. 
He's going to, I think he's gonna be far better than I don't think the turnovers are gonna be a thing of the norm. And I think one of the big charges of the new offensive coordinator is gonna be making sure that he's not the guy taking off for the with the ball as many times as he has. I think you're gonna be relying on him more as a thrower. And I understand the interceptions were way up this year. The scheme was way down this year, and I do put a lot on the scheme. Look, there is a huge was, don't get me wrong. You know what it, you know what it looked like one-on-one basketball. Yeah, okay. It's just like one-on-one yeah. plays where, hey, AJ, go make a play. Yeah. Because, you know, hey, Mark, when you watch Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or any of these other guys, even uh, Matt LaFleur, they're scheming to get guys open. Mm-hmm. That's not really fundamentally a sound approach in Philly. They don't really do that. It's like, go make a play. Mm-hmm. And Jalen will make the hard throw. And I told you this last week. He was the number one quarterback in the NFL that had the toughest throws in the league. That's going to result in high turnover plays. That's why the turnovers were high. Instead of making the easy throw, like in the Seattle game, to Devontae underneath, go there, punt. There's nothing wrong with punting. Mm-hmm. Special teams were good. They're so impatient. Brady was not a big play guy. They want Jalen to be a big play guy. That fucker won seven Super Bowls not being a big play guy. Mark, he won seven mm-hmm. not being a big play guy. And the only one he lost is when he was a play – or the That's two he lost, right. he was yes. a big play guy. <laughs> yeah, when he broke the record and yeah. lost had 20 touchdown catches. Yeah. And they didn't win it that year. No, exactly. Um, so I think I, I think with, with better coaching, I think Jalen Hurts is – one thing I do believe from Nick Sirianni today is – he said, if I take away anything from Jalen Hurts is that if he has something he's got to work on, he's going to work on, he's going to get better at it. I think we learned that from Jalen Hurts last year. This year, admitted a thousand percent regression, but it was a regression all around. I know it's sexy to always just throw the quarterback under the bus and say he sucks now and all that stuff, but look at the entire Eagles offense, the coaching especially, was a huge regression this season. So I look forward to seeing what the new offense coordinator is going to do with the fresh ideas and and uh, you know have the answers and whatever. But I look at Jalen Hurts much more as if he is that quarterback that we saw last year, not this past season, but the previous year. I look at him as a guy that will, again, compete for an MVP in this league. And if you look back on this season, before they got to that San Francisco game, which ended up being the pin pulled on the grenade, unfortunately, he was still the odds-on favorite. The books had him as the favorite to be the MVP of the league. And then everything hit the fan, and unfortunately, nobody had answers, especially your quarterback, your head coach, your offensive coordinator. That's a lot to go wrong to rely on one player to figure it out. So that's unfortunate. So I see a more of what we saw a year ago. Last question. looks like Fangio, there's this, like, report. I think Adam Schefter's even saying it, too, that he's the front runner to become the new defensive coordinator of the the, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. What's your take on that? Uh, I actually really like Vic Fangio as long as he is the defensive coordinator. And I think one of the things the Eagles have done is... You mean not a puppet figurehead? Oh, absolutely. Like Jim Schwartz, for instance. Do you think anybody, you know, had um, their hand up his derriere? I don't think so. No. So I think you're getting at least... I look at Vic Fangio as at least I look at one guy as for right now before you know who the OC is going to be. I look at Vic Fangio as, okay, good. At least I know who's running the defense. Like Vic Fangio isn't coming here. Is he a former head coach at Denver too? Former head coach at Denver. Okay, and- so he's got a former head coaching and yeah. he's got a pedigree. Okay, that they want experience in there. Yeah. Yeah, and th- again, you look at the the role of the head coach now with Nick Sirianni. If, if things go terrible with him in the upcoming season, he just slides over. Maybe you do hire Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator and he slides over, whoever. Or, Frank. or, or Frank Reich and he slides in, right? Um, 
But as far as Vic Fangio goes, as long as he's running the defense, I, I feel good about that. Now people will go to the Vic Fangio scheme doesn't work anymore. All right. Do you do you want Pearl Jam or do you want the Pearl Jam cover band? Okay. Because we've had Pearl Jam's cover band for the last three years here. And that, I mean, what, hey, look, you still got to a Super Bowl with one of them. You lost, unfortunately. You had 70 sacks and the Miami Dolphins this past year were what, the top three team in sacks? Vic Fangio knows the Vic, Vic Fangio scheme. Everybody else is the cover band. I'm willing to listen to the original to see if that works out here, especially if it means you're going to have a respected, authoritative figure on that side of the football because the Eagles really haven't had that since Jim Schwartz. So I'd like to see that at least work out. Now, the other side of the football, still very much to be determined, but it looks like the Eagles are going to have two head coaches with a bus safety in Nick Sirianni. So you don't like Alicia and Chains. You like Allison Chains. I got <laughs> it. Okay. I, yeah, yeah, hey, exactly. I'm going to tell you there's a chance that uh, Frank Wright gets a head coaching job. You know where that is? Where? Philly. When? Okay. Nick shits the bed with an 0-5 uh, start. Okay. They slide him in as their new head football coach next year after week five. Oh, boy. As the interim. Oh, boy. He takes the team to the playoffs, and they take the tag off. Wow. Wow. So Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts from best friends to now mortal enemies. And then in the following season, Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, best friends to mortal enemies. Love it. I will dine on that for the offseason, hey, my friend. Hey, as the eagle turns, okay, th uh, this thing is this Jeffrey Laurie should be very proud of this this melodrama he has going on, man, because this is right up his alley here, man. I mean, the offseason is so dope right now. This oh, is God. so much great content, Mark. Oof. Oh, yeah, Have we're you we're in luck. Live like this in Philly with this because this is exceptional. <laughs> Your content is exceptional. Uh, you got a guy who scored 70 the other night who won't get out of the first round. You got Doc now back with Milwaukee. And Giannis, that's going to be quite a playoff series. Yeah. This is really absolutely fantastic shit. And you got a hockey team that's doing great shit with, um, with Torts. I like mm -hmm. that. This is really wild here. Now, uh -huh. I'm not a... I'm not a guy in shorts and floppers with the union and all that. I really don't give a shit about that stuff. <laughs> However, the rest of it is awesome. Yeah. Does it always go like this? No, it's never boring. It's never boring. I can tell you that. And you just you just made me realize something. So hold on a second. You're about to have Sirianni. You're about to have Vic Fangio, most likely. And you have John Tortorella. I mean, we're a haven for the Italian-American in this city, oh, man. We're doing oh, great. You know, And this is why I hate Goomba <laughs> on Goomba attacks. <laughs> so, you know... I, I really, it's it's a problem for me a little bit with Sirianni, me going after him because, mm. you know, there's a loyalty to the flag, you know what I'm saying? And right. also to the Gabagool, you know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's there's a loyalty, Mark, to the Gabagool. Yeah. I know, you got it. Yeah, I pledge allegiance to the Gabagool every morning. What can I say? I got you, man. Hey, dude, you're awesome. Thank Back you at so you, much, brother. man. Make sure, guys, you check him out. He does spectacular work. Thank you so much for spending time with me, brother. Always a pleasure, Still, See you, man. You got it, man. I appreciate it. Mark Farzad of joining us here. Don't forget to please check him out and check out all his fabulous work. He does a great job. All right, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Ball and Hooters, the perfect pair. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. By the way, those of you out there that are taking a shit on Todd Bowles for not using his final timeout, the game was over. Todd Bowles did a sensational job with the Buccaneers at the end of the season, and he beat the living shit out of the Eagles, which beat them earlier. He, 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 he went back and beat a team that beat him pretty good. Todd Bowles should be the head football coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I 1,000% endorse him for being the head coach of the Bucs. He deserves that job. He's, he's done a great job at riding the ship. His team was trending up. Knicks was trending down. And all you heard out of the fireside chat today was a bunch of bullshit. Who would you rather be coached by, Nick Sirianni or Todd Bowles? Me, Todd Bowles. You know why? Does that guy look like a guy who's going to bullshit? He's got a... Tony Dungy mentality about himself. He's not going to get too high. He's not going to get too low. He, he backed his quarterback. He backed his assistant coaches. That's a man. That's not a puppet. 
Todd Bowles did a sensational job in Tampa. Okay? But as usual, black coaches don't get the autonomy and time. And they have to do everything above board 10 times more. Todd Bowles was sensational. Look at what he did to Baker Mayfield. He turned his career around. He not only turned the Bucs around, they had a losing season the year previous. They won. They won the division. And they saved potentially Baker Mayfield's career. Give me a break, dude. What do you want from the guy? I thought he was a magician. Leaguers are going to be hard knocks team in 2024. Dude, they're hard knocks right now. That conversation, I've been watching. By the way, when I take little timeouts, I, I kind of watch a little bit of the clips. There's not one thing that was redeeming about that press conference that I thought was truthful. And I said it to you again. Hey, hey, James. Uh-oh. Hey, Tone. You think James will have the coolions to post this one? Prediction time. Are you ready? Prediction time. Frank Reich's only chance of getting another head coaching job in the National Football League is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And this is how it happens. Frank, I know you're owed $35 million, But you're not going to get a call to be a head coach. If Nick shits the bed, we'll elevate you as the interim head coach. By week five. 2024 will be the interim head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Prediction. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Owner loves them. GM loves them. Organization loves them. You know, how, hey, how many games? I think this is a fair question. How many games do you think Nick will get next year to right the ship? Hope I'm right for once. I was right all year. About your team. How many games will Nikki Sirianni get? Eight? Eight games. Eight games. So if they're two and six, if they're two and six, they're going to stick with him. How about this? Do you think they give him the full year and then fire him like they did Doug with the four-win season and fire him at the end of the year? Or do they go the whole year? Two? <laughs> I don't think two, kid. Jay goes, Frank's offense was stale, Sills. Yeah, it was so stale. 
won you a Super Bowl. <laughs> if that's stale, I'll take stale. How we will be now? Na- oh, hey, if, if Sirianni gets fired, I, I disagree with Mark Farzetta. I think Howie's ass has got to be there too, boy. Yeah. I'll make sure of that too. Yeah, you, hey, you want to see something get lit on fire? Big sales will help you out there. Hey, guys, over at the Novacare Center, I got you, man. Don't worry about it. Appreciate it. Isn't that great? Look at Chris. Okay, Chris, do I really have to go over the ineptitude of your team that I picked? Okay, so I got Bills and Dallas wrong. Here's what I got right. That linebacker was going to be a train wreck. Your coordinators are going to be a train wreck. James even posted something out there that said, coaching will be the issues that the Eagles won't go far. Your head coach is a cheerleader. Jordan Davis is the first and second down defensive tackle. I got Dallas and Bill's wrong. Okay. Okay. Mm. Ah. Yeah, you're trending to being a five-win team in two years. Make sure you keep that in there, too. Remember I told you. You know what, Tone? That Jeff Kerr comment has resonated with me since he said it to Tone and Rob that the Eagles are not able to sustain success. And it's because of the way the GM operates. It really is. It's hit or miss with him. It really is hit or miss. And because they can't give enough power to that. See, they're going to go back to the 2017 model. Because you know what they're saying? At least one thing is, is would this be fair? The one thing that they're doing different now than they did a year ago. This is a drastic change. You know what it is? They're going back to the Doug Peterson model. You got to get experienced coaches in here. Jim Schwartz, Frank Reich, Doug Peterson, right? Those are all experienced guys. You know, you get this. I want you to think about something. If you hire the coordinators that I think you're going to hire, So you're going to hire Vic Fangio, former NFL head coach and D coordinator. You're going to hire Frank Reich, former OC and head coach. The least experienced guy in the coaching office will be the head coach. (laughs) Where is that dynamic? Where is that dynamic? That your head coach on a successful football team is going to be the least experienced guy between the coordinators and the head guy. Tennessee? Well, that's a rebuild. The Raiders? That's a rebuild, too. You're a rebuild with 11 wins?
some press conference today. Hey, <laughs> my 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 guy Tone said he was gonna watch it. I can't wait. There's a great sitcom on later on. It's called As the Bullshit Artist Turns, starring Napoleon Roseman and Nikki Siriani. I can't wait to watch it. It's a 35-minute show. It's a great little sitcom they got going on over there. I can't wait. Oh, by the way, Angelo Cataldi tomorrow at 430 Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my. <coughs> I can't wait to get his take on the fireside chart. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy cow. Angelo's on tomorrow. Oh, and for the record, you know, Brian Johnson and Sean Desai have a chance to do something in the NFL that really great coordinators end up developing and becoming. They'll learn from this mistake, like Raheem Morris did. Raheem Morris got a head coaching job that he didn't deserve and wasn't qualified for when it came to being the head coach in Tampa. What did he do? He became a coordinator in Atlanta, a position coach in Atlanta. I believe he was in Washington as a position coach. And then he got the job with the Los Angeles Rams. I believe after Wade left and he became the coordinator there and he did a hell of a job. He won a Super Bowl. So I would say this to you. That's a hell of a job on fixing your, your resume to put you in a position from, from what I understand, he's um, interviewing again in Atlanta and in Carolina. And I don't believe he's a product of the Rooney rule because I think he's overqualified for any job in the NFL. If, 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 if I would have no problem hiring Raheem Morris, he's a quality man and he's a good coach and he commands respect. He's a really good coach. Okay. If the Bucks beat the Sixers in the second round, yeah, <laughs> that'd be just appropriate. By the way, you can't be rooting for anything. Oh, you have to. I forgot. Josh Harris. That's right. That's your boy. That's right. Okay. Isn't it funny? People get upset with us for doing a show about your shit show. The Philadelphia Eagles have a shit show going on, filled with lies. You know, you guys come in here and call me a liar. I could point out 25 lies that the Eagles did to you this year. I could count 50 lies since last year that they've lied to you. Nick Sirianni reminds me of Fredo. Fredo Siriani. I think that's a better name. Fredo. It's a dumpster fire. Or where, and where's the topic page? Let me go here again. You truly believe after what you... How about this? 
take me out of your conversation for a minute. After what you heard today, do you feel more confident or less confident that the Eagles will fix Jalen Hurts and the Eagles moving forward? Do you feel more confident or less? Don't, don't, don't have me involved in that decision. After what you heard, you know, here's, here's most of you in here, 99%. Some of you, though, can't think for yourselves. Take me out of it. And what you heard today, forming your own opinion. Try it. You feel less or more confident. Less. <laughs> okay, back on your side, Sills Facts. <laughs> my friend, that's kind, but on my side, this is not about a side, it's about a winning side. Sirianni said he was sad that he had to fire his coaches and dodged every question. Welcome to Dodgeball. <laughs> that's a good one. Novacare Dodgeball. They got a dodgeball, a dodgeball court over at the Novacare Center. It's called the press room. It's where he dodges everything. <laughs> yeah. A dodge. Hey, that's a good one, man. They, they had a game of dodgeball today and Nick didn't get hit. Really felt sad I had to fire Sean Desai. Yeah, it looked it. You fired him twice. Think of that. They're lying. Hey, hey, Slacker, I like dodgeball. If you could dodge a question, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> oh, my God, are you kidding me, man? That Gator, I mean, Howie Roseman knows how. Did I say Gator? Shit. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I Did I say Gator by accident? Yeah. Shit, I said that. <laughs> they, 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 yeah, Howie's a professional, dude. I'm seriously, he that that guy should be in the White House as a press secretary. He'd be phenomenal. That guy knows how to go around the room. He knows how to dodge things. You know, it's 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 like, excuse me, um, my mic it okay uh, got oh uh uh um. We we have a mic it it. it, it I know I saw that from Maverick. <laughs> right? It, uh, uh, so Howie, what do you? Howie Roseman today and Nick Sirianni at that at that far side shot. It was like this. So who made the decision on those coordinators? It, uh, in, un, in, un, un. Okay, did you want to fire the side? It's like you're talking to a Martian. 
It was like you're talking to a Martian. That thing was worth the that press conference. I thought for sure was not going to lead to anything. I heard Tony talking with Rob going, man, we're not going to learn anything. We learned more from that press conference on how idiots sit around the table and pass judgment on others and deflect on a, onto others. Even Farsi was like, what was that? They're getting roasted right now on social media. They're getting killed. Dead man walking. They're getting killed. Sills, Nicobe Dean is the future. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, sorry. I, yeah. Hey, Nicobe Dean, it, that's all, all I had to hear. Nicobe Dean's the answer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey. Nicobe. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have a heart attack. Dude. <laughs> Zach Cunningham had a good year. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I mean, it can't be real. Don't, I could not believe, that can't be true. You can't get in a press conference and say things like that when your team fell apart and you lost six or seven and you were steamrolled. It's lying. You were lying. Zach Cunningham Played well. Sure. Okay. I guess he was the best of the suck asses. Great. Kobe Dean's the future. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> the Eagles had the worst linebacking core in the NFL. <clears throat> <clears throat> you know, I, I gotta I gotta do this one more time to tone, and I hate to do this, man. Those guys are going because Rob was really serious. He's like, sports take, make sure you check it out. It's a fabulous show. And um, my question would be, are you gonna have a different look and a different opinion on the linebacking position? And today at the press conference, the Kobe Dean's the future, Zach Cunningham played well. <laughs> yeah, they really are going to address it. It sounds like they have their guys. For 24, those are your starters. Zach Cunningham and Nicobe Dean and Nick Sirianni is your coach. I don't know what to say anymore to that. By the way, that's not me talking. They said that at the fireside chat today. Oh, and know this. 
How in the world do you fire both your coordinators when you win 11 games and every single guy in your offense had a career year? And you have a press conference like that. At least when you fired Doug, they won four games. When you fired all these guys, you won 11. You fired both your coordinators. You're going to make staff changes. And he won 11 games. And you were a game out for winning the division. And your coach is on the hot seat. And you had a good year. Some of you actually think you had a good year. How do you have a good year when both coordinators are fired? Coach is on the hot seat at the end of the year. That's a good year? See, record doesn't matter. It's if you're trending in the right direction. How many people think the Eagles are trending in a 14-win season next year? Now look at old Twiz bringing up the old 10-1. and one. How about this one, boss? One and six. How about that one? He brings up, he brings up uh, 10 and one. You lost six or seven ball games at the end of the year. Bang! Well, you were one and six. One and six. Hmm. Well, you lost six or seven. Am I right at the end of the year? Am I right when I say that? You lost six or seven? Lost the uh, Niner game? Dallas game? Seattle game? You won the New York Giant game? You lost the Arizona game? You won the New York Giant game, and you lost to Tampa. One of six. <laughs> Ten and one. Ten and one. Mm. Head. <laughs> Seals need to break down the schedule. What is the 24 Eagles record going to be? Uh, Well, let's, let's wait and see how that plays out here. Steven goes like this. Seals, you lied. You said they'd be a five win team this year, not in two years. Okay. Yeah. You know what? You know, you're right. You were one and six at the end of the year. I kind of knew you were really kind of a five or six win team this year. You weren't really who you were. That's okay. You'll be a five win team though. You're, 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 you're going to get there. Don't worry, son. You were one and six at the end of the season. That's a team I thought you were going to be. Yeah. 
<laughs> Steven, I got it, babe. I got it, man. <clears throat> We're good. Sales are defensive philosophy, soft as the owner. Here. Um, well, if you hire Fangio, that'll change because they'll be bringing their own coordinators in and they'll be bringing their own position coaches in. Okay. <laughs> Cosmo goes, Sills, we lost because Dean wasn't out there. According to Howie, that's what it, hey, right, Tone? According to Howie, Nicobe Dean not being out there was a major factor in why the defense took a shit this year. Is, is that kind of what he's implying? Tone, did you read it that way too? Is it one of the reasons that the um, defense didn't play well is because Dean wasn't out there because he's our future. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, man. Of course it was. Dean's the heart and soul of the team. <clears throat> Let me address something about Jalen Hurts. And I want to make this very clear. I've been having some fun. I called him His Highness. I called him King Hurts. Had some fun with him. Because I didn't like, by the way, that was before I heard anything about the Britton Covey stuff on what, and, and Joe's column. I didn't even really read it. I read it last night. I didn't take that as a hit piece. I took that as a constructive criticism of the kid, which is okay. Um, <clears throat> I didn't like his body language at the end of the year. Now, if you go back and listen to what Baird and I both said, we both went like this. And personally for me, I was more in the camp of, you know, I want to see a little bit more that this guy's not a leader. I'm not really completely there. I just didn't like Tampa, Jalen. Hey, by the way, let's do this. How many people like Jalen Tampa as a leader? How many people liked Jalen, New York Giants second game as a leader? How many people liked Jalen Hurts, Arizona, as a leader? How many people liked Jalen Hurts, Seattle, as a leader? I don't know. I don't think those were his shining moments as a leader of a football team. I don't, I don't think those were his shining moments. Now, is he completely at fault? No. No. Dude. Buffalo Hurts was maybe his greatest moment as an Eagle. And I even put that over the Super Bowl game. That fifth quarter was freaky. That's the kid. If they can get back to that guy, you'll be looking at something like a reclamation project like they had in Baltimore with Lamar. That's the best heart, leader, desire, guts, everything you want in a player you saw in Buffalo in the fifth quarter. Okay? Everything. And then after that, everything went downhill. Something happened. And get this. Most of you are pointing to the Niners in their knockout punch. You really think a, a, a team getting killed? 
takes your heart and soul away from you? When you know that you're still fighting for home field advantage? You still had it in your grasp. You had a two-game lead. You had a two-game lead going into that game. Or maybe a one-game lead. Going into that game, but you had a two-game lead over Dallas for the East. And how did that derail all that? Bad ownership, bad management, bad coaching, all collided at once. That's what happened. Okay? Hey, and for the record, like I said, Jalen Hurts, will he will he write the ship? How can you write the ship if they have the same structure and do the same shit they do by hiring poor people around them? How are you? Get this. Is this not a fair comment? I'm not concerned about Jalen Hurts. I'm concerned about the organization doing right by Jalen Hurts. Isn't that your worry? You should be worried more about the people that are around him right now. And I'm not talking Nicole Lynn. I'm talking about, by the way, I would think that Clutch Sports has got to be absolutely aggravated with how this thing unfolded. They have to be pretty pissed off. Forrest goes like this. What are doing? Gren. Agreed. Yes. Eagles offense was too vanilla compared to Harbaugh's Michigan offense. Brother, in the Penn State game, in the second half or in the fourth quarter, Michigan didn't throw a pass to put Penn State away. They didn't throw a pass. And you know why they didn't throw a pass? Because they didn't have to. And they were sticking it to the Big Ten for the stupid sign-stealing thing. It was a message by Harbaugh. Harbaugh sent a message by beating the shit out of James Franklin Penn State team by not throwing a pass. Yeah. Sills, there you have it. You're correct. It's the organization. Absolutely. Get this. Think about what you're thinking about Jalen. Hey, I hear everyone, people on my my network and other radio stations, can Jalen fix this? It's not Jalen. You know how you know it wasn't Jalen? Because when Shane was here, he was a different dude. When Brian Johnson's here, he was a different dude. You change that dynamic again? Is Jalen a different dude too? Probably. You want to hear something crazy? Jalen Hurts' last seven years of organized football, he's had six different coordinators. I don't know how much development you get out of that. So you, you got, you got, in the last seven years, you got six people telling you to do different things each year, pretty much. Yeah. Front office needs to stay out of Sunday's game plan. That's never happening. Didn't happen with Doug, unfortunately. 
Okay. Think about it. They should have lost both Washington games. Maybe one of them. Kansas City dropped pass in the end zone. Buffalo game. Okay. Their luck ran out after the Niners. That wasn't luck. That was an ass beating. So you're saying Jalen is a system quarterback. ABC, what's wrong with being a system quarterback? Tom Brady was too. Check down Charlie. Dude, that system thing is stupid. So what? If it results in Super Bowls, let him have a system quarterback. What is wrong with that? By the way, does freelancing win? Ask Josh Allen. Okay, there's nothing wrong with being a a system quarterback. As a matter of fact, if you're a really good offensive-minded guy, you make a system for the quarterback you have. Yes, it's the Jalen Hurts system. It's the Brock Purdy system. It's the Joe Burrow system. It's the Josh Allen system. It's the Lamar Jackson system. That's what happens when you're a coordinator like that. When you're a coordinator like Brian Johnson, his number one objective is to put points on the board and put statistics inside all of the players' wallets. See, statistics to players are money in your wallet. Unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily win titles for you. Okay? That doesn't really win championships. He's a system quarterback. Joe Montana was too. That's a dumb, that's a made up media thing. It's made up. It's made up. It, it, it's a made up conversation that he's a system quarterback. It's made up. I just hope the Eagles get a good OC. Drip, you know what you have to have? You have to have an offensive coordinator that knows every single thing Jalen can't. Good, listen. Get a coordinator that knows what Jalen can't do. And then make a system for Hertz like Shane did. And he's got to be willing to execute it. How much say do you think Jalen's going to have in the new offensive coordinator? How, how much say do you think he has or will have? Okay. How much say do you think he has? Like, do you think Lamar Jackson had any say in Todd Munkin? I don't. I do not think they had any say in the hiring of Todd Munkin. I think they they liked the fact that they got OBJ, and that probably made Lamar feel a lot better than they drafted Zay Flowers. Probably made him better. But I don't think they consulted with Lamar Jackson about hiring Todd Munkin. I think they went ahead and did it. Are they firing any analytics people? Whoa, now you're getting into Julian Lurie's room. No way. Those are all homeboys in there. They talk about a room that's untouchable. That's another room that's untouchable. Absolutely. Kidding me? The question is going to be who they get in there for Hertz. There's no doubt about it. I would make this point to you. Do you not agree that the hiring of the offensive coordinator for Jalen Hurts will dictate Jalen Hurts' future success in Philly? 
Do you agree? Do you think this hire that they're going to make for Jalen Hurts is going to dictate his future and what he's going to look like in Philadelphia? Someone goes like this. Yes, that's for every quarterback. Well, Ben, that's why some guys shit the bed. Hertz is going to make it or not make it on this hire. <clears throat> that's how important his hire is. They know it. Howie Roseman's ass is going to be on. I don't know hot seat, but he'll 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 be questioned. He don't get this right. They got to get this thing right. Dude, the D coordinator is the lesser of the two. Why? What, what, what did Tone say earlier in the show? You put $250 million, you put a quarter of a billion dollars in this kid's wallet. You better get this right. You better get this thing right. Or again, you're going to be back to this. Damn, we couldn't get five years out of both Wentz and Hurts. Why? Because of instability in your decision-making. That's why. Man, this has been one whale of a day. We start to show off with me defending my friend Barrett Brooks. And, hey, get this. Think about this now. So after me defending Barrett Brooks and after you listening to that press conference today, who are you defending? The Eagles? And all their backtracking? Or are you defending a guy like Brooks who's got great integrity? Who in their right mind would defend anything after the Kobe Dean is our future? Zach Cunningham. Had a great year. I'm in charge of the culture and nothing else. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> I got to take a time out here. Okay. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. You know, look at Green Toe here. I mean, Cali Green here. Okay, he goes, see, you're on the flip. Okay, flip-flop. How about this? I bet that I bet that dude thought Nick Sirianni was a good coach two years ago, but today he still thinks he's a good coach because he didn't flip-flop. How many of you have flip-flopped on that? You didn't really flip-flop. It's dumbass thinking. It's like guys who are in their 70s think bullshit like that. Those are old school guys that I don't really try to attract because free thinkers go like this. Well, is he good or is he not good? Did he get better or did he get worse? If he got better and worse, isn't that on the player and the coach? Brian, wait a minute. Brian, did you think that Nick Sirianni was a good coach two years ago? Or la- or wait, 12 months ago. Brian, did you think he was a good coach when he took a team to the Super Bowl? Let's, let's do a little exercise here with Brian. And watch how Brian is. Brian, I put you on the spot here. Do you think, did you think Nick Sirianni was a good coach 12 months ago? Did you think he was a good coach? Okay, he took a team to the Super Bowl. He's got a 667 win percentage. He's been to three straight Super Bowl or three straight playoffs. Brian, did you think he was a good coach? Now I'll ask you this. Do you think he is now? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh. What happened? So you think Nick Sirianni's a good coach. Brian thinks Nick Sirianni's a good coach. There you go. No flip-flop with him. He's going to hang with that take until that guy gets fired next year. How you doing? That shows you right there the age difference and certain people and how they think. 
This time last year, I thought he was a good coach. This time this year, I don't. I guess I flip-flopped, Danny boy. No, it's not flip-flopping. Your coach underperformed. It, there's no such thing as flip-flopping. A player plays well or a player doesn't play well. A coach coaches well or a play. That's like saying that Bill Belichick's not the greatest coach of all time. But you guys are now going like this. Well, look at his last four years. I'm looking at the overall body of work of 20 years up in New England. Six Super Bowls. You know, four years ago, he did win a Super Bowl. <laughs> this is classic. How some of you guys really think here. Last year, Nick Sirianni, I really thought he was, but now he's not. It's not a flip-flop, guys. It's not, you stick with your eyes? Or what are you seeing now? A liar? All right. Tomorrow, Angelo Cataldi. <laughs> at four, sorry I laughed. Will be on with us at 4.30. Randy Cross is going to set us up for a little NFC championship too. The owner of three Super Bowl rings. For the 49ers, we'll talk Niners and Lions for the NFC title game. We'll start getting you a little bit ready for that. But, um, hey, Tone, real quick before you bail out of here, come on here for a second if you can. I want to ask you something. Okay. Um, Big sales, how are we doing, sir? <clears throat> did you have any chuckles after you've watched the pr – okay, that's all I needed to know. I Okay. Hey, Tone? Hey, well, you were talking about it earlier. I, okay, I can't stop laughing. I want to get it tomorrow, so I just wanted to see you. Okay, all I needed to know. Thank you, Tone. I appreciate it. No, you're all good. All I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch okay. the whole thing. That's all I wanted to know. All right, guys. Xander, I appreciate it. Big Joe, 2 to 6 tomorrow. We shall see you on the flip side. Football and Hooters, the perfect pair. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.